Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Disappear in an instant. You can't do that with gold and silver. Recorded set the house on fire and the gold and silver is still there. It might be melted down to where it's a puddle and you got to dig through the ashes to find it, but it's still there. You can't do that if the banks go down. You can't do that if we have a problem with the government paying off on the bonds. All of this digital and paper cash is dangerous. And if you want to store your welfare, that's your choice. But historically, the world moves to gold in times of crisis. I don't think you can look at the current economic situation and say, oh, there's no crisis here. I don't see any crisis on the horizon. There's, there's no problem here. It's all under control. No, it's not. And anyone who wants to look at it, I think you have to admit it's not under control, which is another way of saying maybe now is time to put on the life preservers and get close to a lifeboat. I'm not saying the ship is going to sink, but I'm saying we are going through what there are a bunch of icebergs around here. Maybe not a bad idea to get prepared. Just maybe, you know, some people may laugh at you and say, oh, you're wearing a you're wearing a life preserver. It's ruining the line of your suit. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe so. But maybe it's not a bad idea. Just the same. Melody and I are out of time. This is Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow. I want all of you to have a good evening, and we hope you'll tune in again tomorrow. When, and maybe until then, may the good Lord bless you and me and Melody and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. And it's about seven and a half minutes after noon Pacific time out here on the, well, out here on the Pacific time coast. You can call in 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. That'll get you on the air. But you don't have to go on the air to participate in the show. You can go to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or theamericanvoiceradio.com. Over on the uh, left-hand side, you'll see a link to chat. Click that, pick a name, pick a password, and you too can go in the chat room and read all about worthless, useless baseball information. Yay! (laughs) Anyway. Oh, hey, man. You know what? Everybody's got their own distractions. Uh, Baseball ain't one of mine. but I mean, it's more like a sleep aid to me. You know, that's what baseball amounts to. And there's the pitch. He's five for nine and eight for two. What do you think, Dan, uh, about his wife's new hairdo? And, you know, he has a hangnail in his uh, little toe. And uh, they just bought a new house down in the end. And there's the pitch. Strike two. 
He's nine for five and eight for four, and, uh, you know, uh, it's just, wow, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. But then again, you know what? Professional football has pretty much turned into the same thing where the last, you notice the last two minutes last about an hour? All right, two-minute warning. Whoo, only an hour left in the game. Wow, you know, because, oh, timeout. One play, oh, yeah, they used, oh, well, they used up uh, six seconds on the clock. This is good time management. Yeah, it's good time management, but it's dragging this game out forever. I hate to say it, but the most interesting sport that I see, you know, when I uh, flip, well, when I used to flip on the TV, because I don't, I, I have internet access, and I consider that kind of TV, but I don't have the broadcast TV stuff. Uh, you know, basketball is at least is a is a fast moving sport that there's stuff going on most of the time. The other sports have become just advertising vehicles. That's what I see the NFL as an advertising vehicle. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and uh, you're gonna watch some ads, and then we'll get back to the game. And there's that one play, and they use seven seconds off the clock. Time for some more commercials. Wow. I've heard people say they, they now just uh, watch, you know, games with they got this DVR thing. But anyway, so whatever. It's a shame because, you know, I mean, I see value in sports. I do. Uh, not so much in, not less in watching them, although, you know, com- camaraderie with your friends and all that, hanging around watching a game, sure, okay, that kind of simulates the team experience. And that's really what watching sports does. Playing sports, I thought, always had value. But, of course, now that the little darlings can't keep score because, well, that would hurt somebody's self-esteem if they ever found out they were a loser. Well, geez. Okay, so I don't see a lot of value in sports anymore. They have basically, like they've done so many other things, and by they I mean the powers that be, whoever they may be, have ruined so many institutions that were of of value to the people, and they have just destroyed them. You know, they've made them worthless, and uh, they're still there, but they're nothing but a shell, and, and there's so many of them. It's not just sports, okay? Anyway, so, but you can talk about anything you want in the chat room. That's the whole thing. It's there for you, uh, not just you. So, you know, it's there for everyone that's in there and wants to go in there. It's just a place where people, uh, you know, if you say, man, did you see those chemtrails? Everybody's not going to scream and go running from the room calling you a maniac. Well, you think that, you know, oh, come on, that doesn't happen. Everybody knows about chemtrails by now. Really? Well, here's something. Interest in fringe subculture represents a danger to her daughter. A judge in Colorado ordered a mother's child to be removed from her custody because the mother the mother's interest in chemtrails was a fringe subculture and represented a threat to her daughter. Boulder, Boulder is one of the most socialistic scumbag towns I've ever seen in my life. I, you know, I, I spent a summer in Denver, or not the whole summer, but part of a summer in Denver, and I made the mistake of wandering off to Boulder and uh, down the 
down the dead end interstate, which is is perfect. You know, dead ends in Boulder, basically. And man, you know what? It, it just I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Those people just make me want to puke. But Boulder Judge Dolores Mallard told Becca Wand Wandeb that her interest in the chemtrail conspiracy, which holds that some contrails emitted by commercial and military aircraft are in fact part of clandestine geoengineering programs, was a radical view because 99% of the people would know those are just contrails. This is, this is a judge. Okay, well, you know, uh, you're wrong. We're taking your daughter because, oh, the majority of people uh, believe different than you. And uh, said that the inquiry was triggered after she raised the subject of chemtrails during a visit to her daughter's school and was immediately told to leave the premises. Folks, what is with these teachers? What is with these Democrats, these progressive communists? I mean, don't, A. You know what? Those chemtrails are being sprayed on you and your kids, too. And you are a moron if you think, you know, where were you? Do you have no memory of the past? You don't remember what a contrail was? You know, that little white thing that comes out the back of a jet that's, uh, you know, up on the sky. It's flying by. It looks like maybe it's an inch long. And it, dissip and it always stays an inch long. It kind of disappears as the jet's going. Chemtrails, they don't disappear. What they do is they expand into clouds. And if you take your binoculars and actually look at them, you can see these spider web type of, of droppings coming off of these chemtrails. I've done it. I've looked at them with my binoculars. I'm telling you, folks, I've seen black contrail chemtrails. You know, you're telling me that's a vapor trail? Black vapor? Really? But hey, doesn't matter. I'm the judge and I'm in charge. I can only I can now only see my daughter with a social security worker standing over me taking notes. And the judge said this is so that if I mention chemtrails, they would put a stop to that. I am being railroaded for expressing my views about chemtrails, she wrote, adding that she had not received any CPS visits nor were there any allegations of child abuse made by the court or her daughter's school. We don't like what you're teaching your children, so we're taking them away. You haven't abused them. You haven't mistreated them. There are no allegations. We just don't like what you're saying to the child. According to Judge Mallard, Vanda being immersed in a fringe subculture means she is a danger to her daughter. The school helped him take away custody because I had the gall to argue with them when they severely, severely embellished my comments made to adults only about chemtrails. Wow. Whether you believe in the reality of chemtrails or not, the notion that the state can order somebody's child to be seized because of their private beliefs with no evidence whatsoever of actual child abuse is chilling. Well, folks, you know, this is the time, you know, this is the kind of thing where I, I hate to say this, 
But And I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything, but I'm telling you, if that was my kid, I would give them one chance to give the kid back and back off, or else I'd be paying a visit to Judge Mallard, and Judge Mallard would be making no more rulings about anything. Guaranteed. You got my I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about this, and it's a good thing. And you, you all can argue out there about having kids or not having kids, but I'm telling you right now, I feel blessed that I do not have any children, okay? Because this would not end well. Because unlike most of you, I would do something about it, right or wrong, and it could be very well wrong. I mean, I've been known to do many, you know, uh, wrong things, uh, get get upset and make... Uh, rash decisions that don't seem very good and, uh, you know, and, and do things like that. And I'm not very uh, tolerant of people pulling crap like this and interfering in my business. That is none of their business. And I do react violently to that. Because you know what? When you are operating for the state, you can sit up there in your ha- fancy little hairdo and your little black robe and all that and act like you're being so peaceful and nice and we're civilized. But you send the thugs with guns to my house. You're the one that does that. So you know what? When I stick my hands around your neck and squeeze the life out of you and rip your windpipe out of your neck, don't be crying about, oh, my gosh, he's so violent and ugly and this and that. No, no, no. You see, you know what? You're a fraud and a liar. You are the one sending the thugs to the houses. You're the ones telling the cops, go do do this, go do that. So you know what? You're the one that should be laying on the street bleeding out. People in this country are going to have to draw the line somewhere. Where is it going to be, folks? My line is my property line, okay? Like I said, I don't have kids. And I'm blessed, I feel, for that. Because, you see, then my line would be out walking around in the world. And there's a lot more opportunity for the government to say, oh, we don't like what you're doing, we don't like what you're saying, we don't like this, we're taking your kids. Really? We're going to war then. See, now they actually have to come here. That'll end the same way. You've got to draw the line somewhere, folks. And you know what? I have to ask all you loving parents out there that are always telling me all about, oh, my kid's this, oh, I love them that, oh, blah, 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 blah. Really? If you don't draw the line at your kids being stolen from you, how much do you really care about them? Where do you draw the line? You don't have a line. If you can sit there and let the government come and snatch your kids for no good reason, and then sit there and just take it, you don't have a line. You're a coward and a loser, okay? Sorry. And I'm not telling people that I think, well, let's saddle up, let's go get them. No. That isn't at all what I'm saying. I'm saying, listen... Leave us alone, and if you won't, it'll be war. I don't understand, parents. Look, I get it. You might be confused. You might not understand. You might not know. 
So you send your kids off to public school. Okay? All right, I get it. Ignorance is is a is a condition we all suffer from to a certain degree or another. I understand. Hey, I went to public school. It wasn't all that bad. And what the heck? My kids are going to public school too. I don't want them to be spoiled brats and go to some private school or some. You know, that's crazy to homeschool them. And plus, we don't know how to even. You know, we can't teach any kids anything because, well, apparently. All you highly educated people out there don't feel that you're qualified to teach a child how to read or do simple arithmetic. How is that? You know, folks, if you got through high school, you should be able to at least teach your kids up to high school, don't you figure? How can you how can you use that excuse? Well, I'm just not smart enough. Well, I just don't know enough. Well, I just don't. really so you didn't you didn't you didn't get out of elementary school? Really? It's a lie. It's an excuse. That's all it is. But I get it. People don't, they don't know. So they send their kids off. That's one thing. I feel sending your children to public school or even private school, you know, unless, yeah, look, there's always exceptions, okay? I'm sure there's private schools out there that are pretty good. And and you know what? There might even be a public school district somewhere in the United States that isn't completely perverted and corrupted yet. But they're not the majority. They are the exception to the rule. The fact of the matter is sending your kids off to that is child abuse and neglect. Okay? And I mean neglect because you know what? Educating your children, if you have children, is your responsibility. Just like feeding them and putting clothes on their back and giving them a place to sleep. Educating them is also your responsibility. Not some egghead communist that went to the uh, indoctrination schools for 19 years. It's your responsibility to teach them your values, your understanding, your worldview, your religion. That's your responsibility. And if you're not doing it yourself, then you are an irresponsible individual who is neglecting your children. I know, that's harsh, and, uh, you know, hey, take it with a grain of salt. Like I said, I don't have kids. But that's the way I see it. And by the way, oh, you don't, under, you know, you don't, you don't understand, you don't have kids. No, but I was a kid, and I remember it. And I had parents, too. Oh, yeah, two parents, a man and a woman. Isn't that quaint? So, you know, when you tell people, well, you don't understand because you don't have... Eh, yeah, but I was a kid. I see it from the other perspective, and I see what a moron you are. Because as a kid, I, every kid I knew was always trying to play their parents. Get the upper hand. Get some advantage. Get what you want. You know, and it never really worked out that well. <laughs> Seems to be working out real well for the kids now because the parents, hey, well, whatever, whatever. You're in charge, Junior. You make the decisions, Junior. You decide what's best for you, Junior, because, well, by golly, you're eight years old already. So, hey, you're good to go. You should be making the decisions. Wow. And why do I care? 
Why should I care? Like I say, I don't have kids. What do I care? Well, what I care is because your little monsters are going to get out there in the world and wreck it for everybody. You can see it happening already. The 20-somethings, are you kidding me? We have fallen into idiocracy. Go watch that movie. Go look it up online, Idiocracy. It was made as a comedy, but over time it has actually turned into a documentary of what we're, what we're going through. Now, I'll tell you, man, judges like this need removed one way or another. I don't know how long people are going to sit and take this where they come and snatch your children, you know, snatch your land, snatch this, snatch that, without any repercussions. And I'm not talking about terrorist acts. I'm talking about retribution. That's not a terrorist act. When you come and attack me, and I turn around and burn your house to the ground and kill you, uh, that's not terrorism, folks. That's retribution. You shouldn't have come and done that. You started this. Oh, but you see, that's the new way. Used to be back in school, remember? So you're at the play, you know, you're out in the playground, and you get in a fight with a kid. What was the first thing the teacher used to ask, used to ask, used to ask all the kids and everybody else, the participants also? Who started it? That was always the question. Who started it? Because you know why? That meant something back in the day. Because whoever started it was responsible for everything after that. Doesn't matter if the kid that started it got his head beat in. The other kid was, okay, well, you know, all right, Johnny, you shouldn't have fought. You should have tried to find another way out of it. But, you know, if he hit you first, okay. Now, when Johnny gets out of the hospital, he's in trouble because he started it. Not anymore. Now, oh, it doesn't matter. You're all in big trouble. Doesn't matter who started it. Just like, a, hey, a bar fight. Same thing. Who started it? Who was the aggressor? That's the guy that went to jail, if anybody. Now, bar fight, everybody goes to jail. Doesn't matter who started what. Doesn't matter. Everybody goes to jail. It's... <laughs> you know, this is why... When a guy like Donald Trump gets up there and says, well, I want to do this, that, and the other thing, and make America great again and all that, and that all sounds great, man. Everybody would like to see America do better, and, uh, you know, everybody would like to see a little reversal back to the maybe the 50s or something, you know, a little 50s-like maybe. But it isn't going to happen. Because, you see, Donald Trump or anybody else in government can't come by and fix the public, the, the population, let's put it that way, because the public is the government, and they can't fix that either. But the thing is, they've got no, they've got no juice with the, pub, with, the, with the population. See, the population is driven by other things. Now, they could help by, like, disbanding 
and jailing everybody in the Department of Education? Yeah, that would be a very good start. Ronald Reagan promised to do that, and he lied because it was just a campaign speech. Darn good speech, though, I'll tell you that. But just like most of his speeches, he was a liar, and he just got up there, bobbled his head back and forth, and lied to everybody and made everybody think, wow, what a great speech. Yeah, you go, Ronald. And then his policies were completely opposite. Now, Trump and Cruz have both mentioned getting rid of the Department of Education. But why isn't anybody going to do it? It's just talk. Till I see it, I won't believe it. That would be a wonderful start. And that would be about the length of, uh, you know, what the government can do to help the children. I suppose the FCC could also start leaning on television stations and start, you know, enforcing obscenity laws and things like that on them. Start snagging FCC licenses away from these television stations that, or television networks that won't, uh, you know, that won't stop. But that that that's, and that's questionable. Okay, that is questionable because, folks, the bottom line is this: I don't want the FCC censoring the television so much. And the reason, see, the difference between television and public school is the fact that they have a law that says, hey, it is mandatory that your children attend school. See, it's not mandatory that you watch television. Not yet, anyway. Nobody is forcing you to watch television. And as long as your television comes with that off switch... Or the or the channel selector, then there I really don't see any need to censor even the most heinous television. If you don't want to see it, don't watch it. If you don't want your children watching it, don't let them watch it. Oh, uh, but I can't do that. The little darlings will be upset, and they won't think of me as their pal anymore. That's where we're at. See, the parents of today want to be buddies with their kids. They want to listen to the music. They want to share the same stupid things that their kids. And instead of adults dragging children into adulthood, parents these days have allowed themselves to be drugged into some childhood adolescent, you know, morality and decision-making. It's destructive, folks. It's absolutely destructive. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. And it's 12.45 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And if that's all true where you're at, you'll have to figure out where you're at. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number you can call in. Uh, you can also go to the chat room, which is at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Click it, pick a name, pick a password. You can also contact me through uh, uh, I, uh, y- Yahoo Instant Messenger. AVRN Talk is my screen name. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, a little note here. Uh, Yesterday, the uh, 16K and the 56K stream was down uh, a better part of the day yesterday, uh, the AVR1 streams. And uh, it's because one of the, uh, you know, one of the providers, and and I have, let's see, we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven streams combined. And I have four different providers. You know, and the reason for that is now, you know, the different streams are so you have a choice, so you can, you know, whatever your bandwidth restrictions are, you know, is you can, you know, there's a stream for you. There's even an 8K stream which uses almost no bandwidth. You could, well, 16 you could do on dial up too, but 8 is, you know, you're not going to use much bandwidth with that, but it doesn't sound all that great. But you can still listen, uh, and that's why those are there. But why the different providers is because of exactly what happened yesterday, and uh, it, and it's not it's not all that odd. I mean, it happens. I wouldn't say a regular basis, but it happens. It happens often enough to where I decided, man, I need I need more than you know a few providers. I got to have you know <laughs> different providers here because. Every once in a while, they just flake out, just like uh, Patriot Radio Networks. They just flake out and disappear. Ah, we're done. We've had it. We're done. You know, eh, I'm burnt out, whatever. Whatever the reasons are, they just disappear. And that's what happened here, you know, and it's happened before. And, you know, they they have a few years of a run, and then they go. You know, they don't, there's no notice or anything, and you are just uh, got nothing. So thing is when that happens those streams are down but having some redundancy means that okay so two of the streams were down uh the rest were all working fine as was the satellite and the uh, phone bridge and everything else just those two streams went down but now they're back uh but they have different addresses so the the announcement basically is that if you have that the old 16 and 56K, those are the only two that it applies to. If you have those saved in a player or something, those IP addresses, uh, lose them and go get the new ones because those old ones won't work anymore. There you have it. All right, let's... Uh, oh, okay, yeah, and a little, uh, little uh, more is uh, TuneIn is... Uh, I have to go there and make those adjustments there too, uh, because 
TuneIn actually just taps our streams and then puts them in their app. And uh, the 56 and the 16 uh, are what it is, you know. And so I have to update that there, too, which uh, honestly isn't as big a priority as it once was, seeing as how we switched our website to a completely mobile, responsive website where you really don't need an app. Now, tune in. We we you know I, I like tune in because you know you can listen to other stations too. So people like to have that app, so they can listen to different shows on different networks. Uh, you know, at different times of the day, and that's nice. But you know, it's and and we will fix it today. It's just not a huge priority because you can you can easily access this network on a mobile device just by going to our website. All right, let's get uh, back to it. Where were we? Well, I don't know which one I want to do here. How about this? You know, you all, maybe a lot of folks think that, well, you know, all this surveillance stuff, oh, at least there's a secret court to decide, you know, whether, uh, you know, to give them a warrant to surveil you secretly or not. The, the secretive U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court did not deny a single government request in 2015 for electronic surveillance orders granted for foreign intelligence purposes. Well, you know, foreign intelligence purposes? Yeah, well, uh, we think you might be talking to somebody in another country on the Internet, so uh, we're going to surveil you, too. They don't care if you're an American citizen or who you are, okay, folks? And you'll never know because it's a secret court. The court received 1,457 requests last year on behalf of the National Security Agency and the Federal Bureau of Investigation for authority to intercept communications, including email and phone calls, according to a Justice Department memo sent to leaders of relevant congressional committees on Friday and seen by Reuters. The court did not reject any of the applications in whole or in part. Nothing. Nada. They're nothing but a kangaroo rubber stamp court, folks. They have lost all authority to exist. Okay? Plus, the whole concept of a secret court is inconsistent with American values and law. They are breaking the Constitution, they are breaking the trust of the American people, and they should be destroyed for doing so. And all the people involved who made this happen should be destroyed along with that court. Any judge that can sit on a secret court in the United States of America needs to be executed. Because they are treasonous. They have committed treason against the states of the Union. Get this. And, and why is this a, 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 you know, a problem? How about this headline? The FBI creates, then thwarts a bomb threat at Florida Jewish Center. Wait a minute. The latest in a long line of plots. The FBI has claimed foiled happened last week when the FBI arrested 40-year-old James Medina on charges of attempting to blow up a Jewish center in southern Florida's Coral Springs. 
As with so many other such plots, however, Medina's bomb was provided to him by the FBI and was a fake. Medina told an informant that he wanted to throw a bomb at the center and leave a leaflet behind to make it look like it's ISIS here in America. So the FBI went and got him a bomb. Of course, it was a fake bomb. Medina, however, isn't believed to have any ties to ISIS at all, and his previous legal history involved getting arrested for sending threatening texts. He is charged with attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction. Attempted use. Meaning, it wasn't a real weapon of mass destruction. Folks, you know, look, when they can arrest you for planting a bomb that isn't actually a real bomb, there's something wrong. So if I take a box and I write with a magic marker on the side of this brown box, okay, so we're getting into Roadrunner territory here, right? Looney Tunes. And I just write bomb on the side of the box and leave it somewhere? Am I going to get charged with, you know, attempting to blow up something? Attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction? You know, do you remember back in the day when a weapon of mass destruction was considered to be like a nuclear weapon or a biological weapon? They didn't consider pipe bombs and all that weapons of mass destruction. Well, they do now. But it's okay. Medina attempted to speak during his court appearance, but was prevented from doing so by the judge. What? Who insisted that he should keep his mouth shut. Oh, yeah, that's what you do at your court hearing, is you're not allowed to speak. See, another judge that needs strung up. Sorry, treason. That's the penalty. Oh, oh you know, we are under, we are at war. We got about 50 wars going on, folks, so, you know, that's an easy one. We're at war, so uh, you commit treason in a time of war, get the rope. Well, like I said before, you know, the judges, the politicians, the bureaucrats, you know, they're all bad, and they all are just a symptom of this sick, twisted society that we have going on now. I was reading from an article about politically correctness and the military about how they made cadets wear red high heels so you could walk a mile in her shoes. And they said it was voluntary, but of course, <laughs> they forced them all to do it because it's the military organization. And their idea is, hey, if you volunteered to go in the military, then anything you do after that or anything they make you do after that or order you to do, you actually volunteered because, well, after all, you did volunteer to go in the military. We have an all-volunteer force, didn't we? So anything they force you to do once you're in the military, they call it volunteering. Isn't that nice? Yeah, sure. Anyway, so this, uh, this article here, the person's writing, This morning I saw an article where a woman argues that a childless person should deserve maternity leave because all workers need me time. It is politically incorrect, of course, to give time off to a woman to recover from birth, 
but not offer the same time off to those that haven't given birth. Needless to say, some politically incorrect mothers had a few words for her. Politically correct newspapers are now referring to illegal aliens as undocumented migrants because it's politically incorrect to call them what they are when they are in the country illegally, hence illegal aliens. We see this disease in our educational institutions with the safe spaces being offered to spoiled little brats that cannot handle hearing any speech they don't agree with, with these new social justice warriors deciding they can scream over anyone speaking if they disagree with them, claiming that doing so is their free speech rights. See, these little brats and, and many adults don't understand the concept of rights. Yeah, you do have a free speech right. You do have a right to speak out. But you got you know, you have to wait until somebody else is done because you know what? That other person up there speaking, saying something you might not agree with, also has the same rights you do. And if you start screaming them down, you're violating their free speech rights, and that's where your rights end. When exercising your rights, interfere with someone else exercising their rights. So no, you do not have the right to interrupt people and shout them down and disrupt meetings and all that. No, you don't. You have a right to be arrested Well, we're almost out of time here. It's too bad. We'll get to this, though. This headline is, uh, you know, <laughs> more good news. We'll save it till tonight. Hunger Games, take a good long look because this is what's coming to America. That's the headline. So that should be an interesting thing. Anyway, I got to go. We got a full day coming up. And I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is Financial Survival. As always, thanks for listening. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adisk, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. We have Wendy Wilson joining us uh, here in just a few short minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and get right to the market report for today. A little more pressure on gold today down 710, 710 on the New York spot, uh, 1279, 1279. <clears throat> Silver's down six at 1743. Platinum was down nine, 1062. And palladium was down 10 at 600. USDX today is up a little bit, 0.21, 0.21 at 93.21. Crude oil was also a little higher, 0.24 at 43.89. Paper markets today, you have the Dow, triple digits most of the day, down 99 points currently, 17,651. The NASDAQ was down 37 at 47.25. The S&P was down 12, 2,051. 10-year yield down 0.02. 1.78, 1.78 on the 10-year yield. And I'm assuming, yes, the euro is still holding at that 115 level, even though it's down 0.02. Japan's down. I think Japan was closed overnight for uh, uh, some holiday. So uh, these are the numbers for the night before, down 3%. Uh, but both London and Germany, they were all down about 1% overnight. And... We're closing 
Closing up a little bit early on the market report, that gives us an extra minute or so with Wendy Wilson from Apothecary Herbs. Good afternoon, Wendy. Good afternoon, Melody, and hello, Al. Oh, Wendy, how you doing? <laughs> I'm hanging in there like everybody else with this roller coaster ride called America. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, but we're, I thought we'd talk about, you know, sunscreen and skin cancer and what's up with these new statistics on the skin cancer issue. Um, there's some interesting things because uh, we've heard a lot about skin cancer and, you know, more people seem to be getting it. Um, and, I, and you have to wonder, you know, was this a condition that you know, the, our ancient ancestors also would get? Uh, so if you check into the scientific research and the projections for skin cancer into the future, you know, the data they use really goes past 1990 or 1970s. So skin cancer is one of the most fatal cancers. It kills about 50,000 people worldwide. And some health experts are saying that there's a strong correlation between the high processing and lower nutritional value in our food and the incidence of cancer rates. Now, but could skin cancer be from maybe just too much sun, uh, a lack of nutrition in our food, or could it be something else? I thought I'd look into it. Guess what I found? Well, research coming out of the UK Cancer Research Center, uh, they said they compared birth and death rate records from people born in the 1930s to those born in the 1960s, and then they tracked these folks for skin cancer risk, and they found that those, those people born in the early 1900s had a one in three risk of developing the skin cancer, but those born in the 60s had a one in two cancer risk, and that include all types of cancer, though, not just skin cancer. But then there was this study done in Connecticut back in 2000. 2013, that it appeared in the Journal of Clinical Oncology. And these researchers were studying specifically skin cancer, but just for one state, Connecticut. And they were looking at long-term dates. So they were looking at cancer data from the 1950s in which skin cancer was kind of rare. It was 1 in 100,000 for men and 2.6 in 100,000 for women. So the skin cancer rate, they said, jumped 17-fold by the 1970s. And uh, and there was like over uh, the next 60 years, the mortality rates, they said, tripled. And the researchers concluded that skin cancer had gone from rare to a common type of cancer, especially in developed countries, but they didn't declare the cause for the increase. So then I dug some more, and we got some other information according to the Cancer Research 75th Anniversary Edition it's a report that was published on the rate of cancer mortalities, and they looked at some statistics that were published in 1921, which were based on a paper that was titled The Menace of Cancer, and it was written by Dr. Frederick Hoffman back in 1913. And Hoffman was a statistician, Al, Melanie, for the Prudential Health Insurance Company, or, or I'm sorry, life insurance company, and everyone knows life insurance industry. They're very interested in the risks that are associated with disease, right? So in 1913, Hoffman used not only U.S. data, but he also used health data from abroad, and he drew his conclusions. And he was able to get data because in the early 1900s, all the states in the U.S. had to register their death rates along with listings of deaths by disease per 100,000 population. So what he found was that the death from cancer between 1900 to 1913 went from 63 in 100,000 
to 79 in 100,000. So he concluded it was a 25% increase. Now, he said the U.K. at this time also showed considerable increases. Their rates were 63 in 100 in 1900 and then 105 in 100,000 by 1913. So he dug a little deeper and he found data from 1881 to 1885. And this involved just 20 large U.S. cities that had death rates for cancer at the time, and it was 49 in a population of 100,000. So he says from 1885... To 1913, there was an increase of 89 uh, in 100,000 for the U.S., and for Europe, it was 81 in 100,000. So he was saying that, you know, cancer rates were increasing rapidly, uh, more prevalent uh, with people over the age of 45. Don't you find that interesting? Yeah, I find it interesting, and it raises, to me, it it raises an interesting question. Mm. I don't get the impression that cancer, uh, skin cancer, it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. I get the impression that it has a fairly long gestation period, if that's if you can use that term. And what I'm getting to is this. Hmm. Is it possible that the higher rates of death due to skin cancer correspond to increased life expectancy? I mean, you can get the beginning of cancer, skin cancer when you're 20 years old, but if you die by the time you're 40, 45, it might not really show up in a way that's noticeable. On the other hand, if you live on to 60, 65, that early onset, it may wind up being the cause of your demise. Uh, right. Good point. And actually, that's some of the um, that's some of the data that came up in this research. Some of the you know professionals said, you know, if you check the earlier data, people died younger and before the disease actually killed them. And they also said diagnosing skin cancer wasn't as sophisticated as it is today. So, but there is some other strong data we should look at. According to uh, some health experts, uh, there's there's, uh, some correlations between the way we shifted in the way we make food and and also strong correlation in the rise of a lot of these cancers, specifically skin cancer. For instance, they said 1911, the grain milling process was changed in the United States to strip away outer layers of grain, which had more nutrition, but also had a lot of the oils that created a lot of the products to, you know, go rancid. So it extended shelf life. So the refined flour products started in 1911. And then they also had the character advertising back then in the 1920s where, you know, people were were really encouraged to consume more of the processed foods for convenience, you know, Betty Crocker, Aunt Jemima, and all that kind of stuff. Then they showed that Alaskan and Canadian Eskimos had almost no cancer, and in 1935 they only found one case of skin cancer reported in a 50-year time frame. But once the processed foods were introduced to their culture by the 70s, their cancer rates were similar to the rest of Europe and the U.S. Um, They also showed that when you compare sperm count in men from 1938 to 1990, it dropped 50%, and testicular cancer tripled. From 1973 to 1991, prostate cancer increased 126%. So there's a lot of this, uh, all these statistics. uh, We could go down the list, lung cancer and all this other stuff. Um, But it just seems to be expanding and rapidly expanding, uh, within just a 100-year period, they said the cancer rate jumped 79%. That's incredible. That's despite alleged efforts by the medical establishment to cure uh, cancer or at least 
deal with the symptoms and better medical care, and it's still it's still increasing. Right. I mean, you, I mean, there's some things you throw in there. Also, people, you know, not taking better care of their lifestyle, smoking, and that also has uh, some weight. But uh, then, you know, we hear the argument that it's the sun that's to blame for skin cancer. So uh, there was some recent research at the British Association of Dermatologists, um, and they're saying if you don't use the right sunscreen uh, and you don't use it properly, your risk, uh, your chance of getting or developing a deadly form of melanoma goes up by 72%. So, but the other problem is that according to Dr. Julie Sharp of the Cancer Research of the UK, she says people use the sunscreen and then they have this false protection and they spend longer hours in the sun than they should thinking they're protected from the UV rays. So I guess the sunscreen can be like a double-edged sword a little bit. What did our ancestors do? Well, Al, I can tell you, they covered up if they were going to be out in the sun, or they didn't stay out there very long to get to get skin cancer. Um, I mean, if you're going to be in a in an arid region like the Middle East, what are they wearing? Long sleeves all the way down to their oh, yeah. ankles, right? Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> they are covering it up. And um, you know, the sunscreen product didn't come out on the market until the 1940s. And it was invented in 1938 by a Swiss chemistry student. His name was Franz Greeter. And he, he wanted some protection when he did his favorite uh, sport, mountain climbing. So he came up with a salve that he called Glacier Cream. And it's still sold today. It's under the name Pitts Boon. But the Copper, Tur- Copper Tone Girl, she didn't, she, another character marketing thing, but she didn't come on the scene until 1956. So the sunscreen products today really have more than just zinc oxide in there. Uh, they are loaded with a lot of chemicals that can be harmful. They have parabens in there, which, you know, really cause the skin to break down. The sunscreen chemicals antagonize also our hormonal system and disrupt, disrupts our hormones. So other ingredients that are in your sunscreen, the oxybenzone, uh, can make your skin super sensitive to sun and actually break down the skin's surface. Another ingredient you find in them is the retinol palmitate, which is a known carcinogen, and also can increase your risk of cancer, especially, according to experts, when you are exposed to UVA rays from the sun. So health expert Dr. Hart, uh, he says, according to a Swedish 2000 uh, study in the International Journal of Cancer titled Sunscreen Use and Malignant Melanoma, He showed that there's an increased risk in skin cancer if sunscreen is used compared to those who don't use it. Yeah. The conclusion from the researchers was this. Those who use sunscreen stay in the sun too long, risking their largest organ, the skin, to developing melanoma. Now, Dr. Hart recommends if you're going to use sunscreen, he says, be smart about it. Use what is called a micronized zinc oxide sunscreen. It does not absorb into the skin and enter the bloodstream like the other stuff does, and it doesn't wreck or mess with your hormones, he says. So he cautions against using any aerosol spray sunscreen. You don't want to breathe in those particles. Very bad for you. Uh, So he says the micronized zinc oxide sunscreens are more expensive, usually around $30 to $50 a bottle, and they can be harder to find. So you might have to do an online search for them. So, I don't know, it just seems like um, there's this combination of factors that may be adding to our, our cancer risk, you know, and depending on our, you know, constitution, our weakest link. Um, 
the correlation is pretty strong around the time that we started to overprocess our foods in the early 1900s. You know, putting people then putting too much faith in the cosmetic sunscreens in the 1940s, and then also people were uh, encouraged to smoke in the 1950s. Remember that? Uh, all this adverti- all this advertising. So uh, I think it increased our overall risk of getting all kinds of uh, types of cancer, but skin cancer as well. And I think, you know, we step, if we step too far away from what's natural and our common sense, then we're going to reap what we sow, you know. Uh, you're, but saying, we have, you're, mm-hmm. you're saying in part that cancer yeah. is, it has a lot to do with lifestyle choices. Yeah. And not just a small percentage, it is predominantly, we bring it on ourselves through our foolishness, ignorance, whatever, but in a lot of instances, we bring it on ourselves just by lifestyle choices. Maybe we get too much sun. Right. I think we just need to be more you know, sensitive and use common sense to what we're doing, what we're putting in our bodies, what we're breathing in, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, if, if, you do, if you do go by the uh, allopathic medicine, you know, the modern health care, the AMA healthcare regimen. If you do get skin cancer, uh, I can tell you it's going to go something like this. It's going to entail seeing a minimum of two oncologists after your primary referral. You're going to see an anesthesiologist. You're going to see your surgeons, your physical therapists, your counselors, your dermatologists, and of course pharmacists. The cost for skin cancer can reach beyond six figures. So I think it's better, you know. Uh, you know, just a little How doing. Is that even little... possible? Yeah. When you say beyond six figures, you're talking yeah. about a million dollars or more. Well, I mean, it could go beyond $100,000 for treatment to fix your skin cancer. When okay, you have I can understand going beyond 100000 That is at least conceivable to me. But even that, I mean, it's right out yeah. here in the open. You don't exactly have to go into a surgery and have people carve on you with the lights, you know, with a high-intensity light beam hanging <laughs> yeah. on the head. I mean, how hard can it be? You would want well, a little, yeah. You know, a little conscious effort can prevent big problems. It really can. You know, um, the thing is, is you know, people aren't doers. They don't. They don't. They're not proactive enough. They don't implement things that they hear are pretty good for them. They should actually. Uh, and I and I think people that you know just do a few simple things can sidestep a lot of big problems. Uh, I'm into example, strengthen strengthening the immune system using herbs that work with the natural immune system, and then I'm into, you know, detoxifying the body. So those two basic things, which is the cleanse and nourish approach, goes a long way uh, to sidestep a lot of problems out there. And it's very basic, very easy, very affordable. Uh, but people have to do it in order yeah, to reap the rewards about it. Uh, one thing I could say is we have a, or at Apothecary Herbs, we have a calcium formula that helps rebuild the collagen. So if you, it, it's great for, you know, skin recovery if you're having a problem there. Also, we have that honey oatmeal soap that really helps lock in moisture, and it doesn't strip away the good floras on your skin, helps keep things elastic and, and flexible. So those are two things that they can check out at our website for, you know, sun and, and skin health this year, uh, thepowerherbs.com, and they can be a doer just by doing that, right? That sounds good, Wendy. Give us a little <laughs> well, contact information. Sure, we have our Mother's Day special going on now through the 9th, so uh, 15% savings on orders over 65. They can call, and the number's toll-free at 866-229-3663, thepowerherbs.com. It's where your health care options just became All right, Wendy, thank you.
Um, look forward to talking to you next week. That's Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com at 866-229-3663. Melody and I will be back in a moment on Financial Survival. Please stay tuned. Thanks, Melody. I have a little package. 
I'm feeling better today, and I have a little special today. It's a, uh, it's a very simple package, a very inexpensive package, $595, and we're going to include Silver Eagles 2016, American Silver Eagles, a tube of those, and a fractional one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle. That's one-tenth ounce. does have a $5 face of value on the American Gold Eagle coin. And a tube of Silver Eagles includes all your shipping costs for $595. All you have to do is give us a call, 1-800-375-4188. You can purchase one or 100 of these. Uh, they're all readily available. If you'd like to switch out, we still have some uh, very nice-looking Morgan Silver Dollars circulated, the pre-1921s. If you'd like to uh, switch out your Silver Eagles um, and uh, replace them with the Morgan Silver Dollars, it'll run you a few extra bucks. It'll take you up to uh, $700 if you wanted to replace the Silver Eagles with the Morgan. So 595 or 700 give us a call, 1-800-375-4188. There's an article from Yahoo News reporting the returns on yesterday's primary in Indiana and the and the results, which are Trump won, mm-hmm. Cruz quit, Kasich quit, and Sanders upset Hillary. Bernie Sanders triumphed over Hillary Clinton in Indiana's open primary on Tuesday. Sanders called for an end to closed primaries and criticized Clinton for her ties to Wall Street and paid speeches to Goldman Sachs. A sign the uh, heated rhetoric on the Democrat side, shows no sign of cooling. Yeah. You got a sign that there's a, of no signs. Meanwhile, the likely Republican nominee, Donald Trump, won Indiana in a landslide, and his top rival, Senator Ted Cruz, quit. He dropped out yesterday. Kasich dropped out today. Sanders' win doesn't propel Sanders very far. He and Clinton will roughly split Indiana's 83 Democrat delegates because his victory was narrow. But the wind fuels the senator's argument that he should keep fighting until the end and creates a headache for Clinton, <laughs> who has made a hard pivot from front runner to presumptive nominee. Sanders said, I think we can pull off one of the great political upsets in the history of the United States. <clears throat> I think Sanders is succumbing to a certain amount of wishful thinking, but who can say, you know? He thinks he's going to beat Hillary. He thinks he can win. If it is, it'll be a great political upset, and that's true. But the idea that he can pull us off is, I don't, know, I don't think Las Vegas will give you even odds on this. This is, uh, this is very unlikely. Sanders said earlier this week that the Democratic Convention will be contested. Again, I don't think that's true. Um, it's not going to be a, con- a contest at the convention unless Hillary does not win enough delegates before the Democrat convention to take this on the first ballot. So I doubt that it will be contested. But, uh, you know, Bernard is, uh, Bernie, is he's, he's optimistic. So what can I tell you? Um, here is reference polls. He, he said that Clinton's, the party's superdelegates, who are almost all Clinton backers, should take a hard look at which candidate is more likely to defeat Donald Trump. And he referenced polls showing him beating Trump by a wider margin than Clinton in hypothetical matchups. In fact, the polls that are out indicate that 
which is just astonishing to me. They indicate that Clinton, for the moment at least, according to a couple of polls, and both she and Sanders, either one of them, the polls indicate that they would be most they would be likely to beat Trump in the general election, which is astonishing to me. And I saw one description from a mainstream publication, and I don't remember which one it was, but they interviewed some just ordinary guy, and he was talking about if Sanders loses, he thinks he may have to vote for Hillary. He says, "I know." And he says, I know she's a criminal and a murderer. All right? And this is what they said in this publication, mainstream publication. This is pretty much shocking that they would even use this quote. But he says, I know she's a criminal and a murderer, um, but I can't, but I, but I may have to vote for her instead of an authoritarian dictator, which is the way this guy described Trump. You know, I don't know what even to make of that. We've reached a point in this country where people don't mind electing politicians who are gangsters and criminals and perhaps even murderers. People know about it before they get into office. It's not like Richard Nixon. Later on, he says, your president is not a crook. All right? He was well into his presidency. He got caught. They denied it, but at least he got he, he got caught. This, we... We didn't elect Nixon knowing he was a crook. But it may be that we're going to elect Hillary knowing she's a crook. And what can we complain about if that doesn't work out well? I mean, as a people, I don't know what it even... I I am astonished and amazed that Hillary is a viable candidate for the presidency of the United States. It's like electing Al Capone. You know, it's one of those things where you say, what has happened to the moral fabric of this country? What's happened to the moral fabric of the Democrat Party? How are they putting, is that, is that all the Democrats can do, is run a thug? I mean, this is not to, this is not to brag about Trump, per se. Uh, Trump is also, you know, he's coming in from left field in his own way. But at least he tries to tell the truth from time to time. Clinton said, she says, uh, uh, Clinton said we're, we're going to have a tough campaign against a candidate who will literally do or say anything, and she's referring to Trump. And she's right. Trump is a dangerous and unpredictable candidate who will sometimes say anything, even the truth. <laughs> and that's got to, Hillary's got to be just shocked. Shocked, I tell you. All right? As an attorney, a former attorney at least, she's a professionally trained liar. Understand? That's true for every attorney, licensed attorney in the country. They're all professionally trained liars. And a lot of people say, oh, that's a radical statement. That's, that can't be. Yeah, it is. We have people that are trained to stand up in court, and when they have a client, and the judge says, how does the client plead? And he says, not guilty. The, the lawyer, the defense attorney says, not guilty. When he knows for a fact that guy is guilty of sin. Not. It's a lie, but it's part of the system. And the, and the prosecuting attorneys, they sit back, and, and plaintiff's attorneys in civil suits, they'll sit back, the prosecutors will say, you're guilty of first-degree murder when they know you're only guilty of manslaughter. They're lying. 
It's the way the game is played. Take a civil prosecutor or a civil a plaintiff's attorney, and they're suing for five million, no, fifty million dollars because somebody got whiplash. Well, they know the whole thing is just a triviality. They're trying to get lucky. It's a kind of lie. And it's built into the system, and it's part of the reason why I say take a take a professional attorney you're talking to somebody who is a trained professional liar. Hillary fits that description. She has been an attorney. She went through law school. They tell them it's the best legal system in the world, but it can't work if people are obligated to tell the truth. What do you suppose would happen if the lawyers had to tell the truth when they spoke to the jury or when they spoke in court? What would happen? The whole system would collapse. And your own attorney said, well, yeah, he's guilty, Judge. You know, been talking to him. Yeah, I can tell he's guilty. That's telling the truth. Instead, the lawyer's going to say, not guilty. Our system can't work without lies. Well, my point is, Hillary is a trained professional liar, and it's not just radical hyperbole. Well, that's what she is. Uh, she's the kind of person who can be relied on to tell us anything we want to hear, so long as we don't want to hear the truth. Trump can... is at least trying on occasion to tell the truth. He says stupid things. Yes, he does. Yeah. But at least he <laughs> tries to tell the truth, and he gave us a completely different political primary season because, oh, my gosh, we had a candidate who tried to tell the truth. Who would have thought it was possible? Well, we know Hillary's in, being a candidate because of, you know, she was promised for whatever that she did. Uh, in her various positions. I can only imagine what she has done to the point where they continue to support her in this manner. And, and, and um, it, 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 to me, it's just totally mind-boggling to even consider some of the things that she's done in order for her to get the backing to, for her to be candidate and a very real possibility president at this point and at this juncture. So it's, I mean, she is being rewarded. Yeah, I know. And I can, and it's a handsome reward. And they have blocked every negative thing about. And so they just it's, ignored it's, it. They've just, One of the things just, about her, she's just shameless. It doesn't matter. You can. I can't her. imagine what we don't know, Al. That's my point. I can't oh. even imagine what we don't know no, no. that she has done in order to receive the rewards that she's receiving. You. I agree. She's probably sitting back thinking, oh, oh, oh. they think Benghazi was something. Little do they know if they only knew what we really did, you know, in Libya or where. Or, and it's probably me, more Iraq for the. It's probably more for the money laundering through his. Um, through his little company, because you have foundation through his foundation, yep. I would think that's where a lot of it is because you have all the wealth of the world that is probably you know doing tons of money laundering through there, so you know, and that's what makes the world go round so but that's just my own little you know at least you can expect i you know I grew up in an age where at least I thought. The government at least pretended to be honest. They pretended to be honorable. All right? You could, you know what, you could assume that they weren't composed of a bunch of crooks. You might have been a fool to think that it was. 
think that way. But regardless, you could well, you could reasonably suppose that the government was honest, honorable. Now they don't even nobody even cares. But you know what, Al? It's a, it's our society. Well, I get we that. Have, it's evidence. I mean, it's, it's not just, just a thing in yeah, itself. We just it's can't point to Washington and government and so forth. They've been allowed to get away. The people of this country, we have turned, a, many have turned a blind, not everyone, but many have turned a blind eye to what is going on. We've accepted the, you know, the, the removal of, of prayer. We've accepted all of the important things to be removed from our lives. Yeah. Uh, in, in, and and this, is, this is what we get. I mean, no, what I else would you, you expect for us to get? And, you know, we talk about it all the time as a spiritual battle. Well, if you really believe it's a spiritual battle, well, we need to bring something more to the table in order to really fight what we have to fight. And, uh, but it's, you know, I mean, and, and everything that we see with the elections and with Hillary, and it is, it, it's, you know, it's, um, it's just all part of it. I understand, and it does not bode well. No. It's another one of those leaves in the breeze we look at, and it's as much of a problem as the national debt. We talk about the national debt. We talk about it the unemployment rate. We talk about falsified government figures and the rest of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's all important, but my God, we are, you know, whatever happened to Vince Foster? Man was probably murdered. And then his body was dumped in the park. And who knows? I don't know what happened. I'll never know what happened. But there was certainly good reason to suppose that Bill Clinton was involved and maybe even Hillary. All right? The whole thing is just, this is like a story out of Shakespeare. This is like Macbeth. All right? Got Lady Macbeth over here. Somebody's going to get killed. I, and somehow the American people don't seem to mind. You know, she should not have been a candidate to begin with. The Democrat Party should have had enough of a sense of honor or whatever where they were just shamed. They said, we can't run this woman. She's going look at, look at, look at what's all she's done. No, they don't mind. Run her. Everybody she, wants something. Well, yeah, but, you know... People ought to at least be, I don't expect people to be ethical, but they could at least act as if they were ethical. She doesn't even show, she doesn't, no, 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 it's no big deal. None of it, none of it phases her. I don't know, it's just astonishing to me. And again, I'm a senior citizen, and therefore I may be out of touch in some regards, but I think the kids and the young people that are supporting Hillary, I think they're the ones that are out of touch. Yeah. I don't think they understand what's going to happen to their lives if they're going to continue to associate with people or nothing but gangsters and thugs. Let's take a break for some more commercials. Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned.
Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w's.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Adister with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We're going to talk about helicopter money in just a moment. Uh, Bill Gross from Janus uh, Capital Group, he's made some comments on how he's recommending helicopter money to save the economy, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, we've got a caller, Jerry from Indiana. Hello, Jerry. What up? Uh, not much, Al and Melody. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, just wanted to throw some stuff out here about what happened here yesterday. And you guys already touched on it, and it kind of got me going here. But uh, this is not the same country that I was brought up in. Morality, uh, whatever you want to say about it, this was the most ruthless campaign and onslaught against Donald Trump that I have ever seen in my life. Uh, campaign ads ran. Uh, campaign ads ran constant against Trump on TV. Uh, one of them was lining up ten women and just quoting some of the words that Donald Trump had had said in the past, which I really don't buy into. But at the same time, these women never had a one-on-one conversation with Donald Trump. There were things that brought up about gun control. They took a 20-year-old photo, I would guess, of Donald Trump and then put a, a, a recent photo of Hillary Clinton and said that they're teaming up and you can't tr- trust Donald Trump on guns 
And uh, it, it just goes on and on. It was sickening to a degree. I'm glad you it's know, over with here. Yeah, but on, uh, one level, this is, on one level, this is kind of encouraging. All right, it's consistent with what Melody and I were complaining about in the earlier in the program. But on the other hand, it's kind of encouraging because I saw Trump in his, you know, his speech after the election and whatever, and he just said, look, we're, we're winning this thing and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he said that his opposition, they spent $8 million on running attack ads against Trump. And he said he saw them all the time, and they were irrational, and they were false. And, uh, and he only spent $900,000 in Indiana. That means they spent yep. nine times as much money as Donald did, and they didn't persuade the public. With all of these attack ads and all this vilification and whatever, it's evidence a lot of people just said, we know you're lying to us, we know you're trying to defame this guy, we're going to vote for him instead of you, precisely because you're trying to defame him. You're not playing straight up. I think that's what maybe killed the Cruz campaign. I was just going to say the same thing. Yep. Cruz showed himself to be something of a crook. He was happy to take whatever votes he could get out of out of states where they, they rigged the election and they rigged the vote in a way where Trump didn't even have a chance. And Cruz was happy to take it. He was a receiver of stolen property. And I think that came across to the public. And they said, this guy's a crook. We don't need any more crooks. We don't have crooks in Washington. So who knows? Maybe it's a good sign. What do you think about that, Jerry? Oh, you guys hit the nail on the head again. I mean, that's exactly the way I think. There was some good to come out of this. Uh, Not only were the attack ads, uh, you know, from Cruz's camp, we had uh, a a station down here in Indianapolis that was for uh, Cruz. They got into the action. This is what's sinister about this whole deal yesterday. Until the nightly news, broke, I, I can't remember which one it was, came out and said that we've got Donald Trump up by 15 points. Up until that time, they were still saying that Cruz was going to be the nominee here in Indiana. Unbelievable. And then, of course, after the nightly news said that, then, you know, then the local news started to buy in to uh, Trump and give him a little bit of credit. But I agree with you 100%. But on the other hand, if I can state this, this was not a victory for the Republican Party in Indiana. This was a victory for the people that have had crap, crap down their backs for the last 25 years from Republicans and Democrats on jobs. And uh, uh, they they caught wind of Cruz going up to Marion. And Marion is a, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here. Marion, Indiana is a Chrysler and GM town. And the state of Indiana has has suffered so many auto and, and jobs related to the auto industry. It's just unbelievable. That's what I do. I keep records of of, uh, you know, the economy. I have for a long time, close to 40 years, and Cruz got up there, and there were some good old boys up there that met him right there, on, and they even showed it on the nightly news. They got right up in his face. And uh, I could not believe. I thought 
and actually, I didn't know that much about Ted Cruz before he came to Indiana. But I got to tell you, uh, I thought he was a better person than that. I thought he would run a better campaign than that. But like you guys say, it's just it's just a slash and burn characterization or character assassination against the person. And uh, but this was not a victory for Republicans. This was a victory for blue collar grassroots workers that have lost their job. They're tired of it. They know the lies finally. And uh, that's basically it for me. But you guys get the nail on the head. Well, here's another one for here's another one for what it's worth. Here's a question. Is Donald Trump really running as a Republican, or is this has he managed to kind of emerge like a third-party candidate? He's not a part of the Republican establishment. He's not a part of the Democrat establishment, or at least not clearly. And it's almost as if he has a certain amount of dumb luck, grace of God. He's captured the Republican Party. Yeah, he's running as a Republican, but it's almost as if a libertarian snuck into the Republican primary and Next thing you know, he winds up winning. Do you think we've got a third-party candidate going on here, Jerry? Al, I think you hit uh, the nail on the head again. I don't think he, uh, you know, I don't think, uh, I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, I don't know if it's a libertarian, but I get that feeling. You get my, but he's not part of the system. He certainly doesn't appear to be. It's hard to imagine a man with his amount of money. You can't just say he's not part of the system, and yet it does appear to be true. And it's and and part of the evidence of that is not just that Trump says he's not part of the system. We have the system that is going nuts. They they have become, I don't know, they are incensed. They're like uh, rabid dogs. They got to stop Trump. Got to stop Trump. It's evidence. That the system does well, not welcome Trump. He is a threat. He is an outsider. So, and that's, and the public gets this. And I think that's why Trump just keeps on winning and winning. And Cruz, he tries to be a gangster just like Hillary, and he winds up just having to quit. Well, uh, <laughs> Al, you put it, uh, I agree with you 100% of what you just said. Donald Trump is not a Republican. Yeah, I know. What is he, uh, though? There's that, the question. I mean, we got something other than a Republican, an establishment character, but what is he? You know, I mean, it's well, going to be it's gonna be like getting a, a package for Christmas. It's, it's going to have a I big think, package with a bow on it and some, you know, paper on the outside. Looks pretty. We're going to open that package after the, after the next election, and then we're going to find out <laughs> whether we got what we were hoping for for Christmas. Or have we got something we never wanted? Well, Al, I, I think I think he's created a new party here, and I would have to say I'm going to put a label on this new party. I'm going to call it the America First Party. Right. He's being he's being called racist for for making that statement. But if you ask Hillary Clinton, what what you know if if America First is racist, then what are you for, Hillary? Or, or Sanders, you know, I, I think he's created a whole new, I don't know, a, a party well, on his own. Some, something up that needs to be opened up. And we have been politically correct for most of my life. And at the expense of white people in general, 
and we are supposed to pick up the white man's burden and carry everybody else around with us. Nobody wants to say it, and it's not polite. It's politically incorrect to talk about it, and yet Trump has opened a door to vent that frustration. I don't want to support everybody else. Absolutely. You understand? I don't well, give a damn if your great-great-grandfather was a slave. What's that got to do with me? I would have never had any slaves. And we've got, we, they say people are entitled, they're entitled to take money from white people because black people had ancestors who were slaves. Well, so what? You think I can't point to some ancestors that had a rough time? Shall I pass right. the hat and see who's going to put money in it? Give Help Al, because his great-great-grandfather was a slave or something. You know, it's just a problem. It's wrong. It's false. Right. We're supposed to feel bad about our heritage now. And you can throw me... You you can throw me in there as a nationalist, like Trump is. Uh, I don't care. Uh, I don't know. We've been banned by all these labels. We're afraid, oh, someone's going to call you a racist. You better be quiet. All right, call. Say your say it. See if I care. Nobody can call me a racist without me calling them a liar. Exactly. All right. I'll be the exactly. racist. If somebody wants to call me that, you can be the liar, and we'll let it go from there. But I'm just saying this has gone in a bad direction for a long time, <laughs> and I think Trump has tapped into it. It's just it's about ready to burst. Uh, we'll watch and see what happens here, but uh, at least the issues are out where we can see them and we can confront them. And instead of bearing them silently, stand up and speak about these things. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Got anything else for us, Jerry? No, I just hope you guys have a good day and I appreciate your program and I hope Gold makes a surge, and uh, appreciate you guys very much. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Appreciate your Thank call. You. Appreciate your comments. Well, Melody, we've got about three and a half minutes left. Yes, we do. So we'll, should we bring Frank, the producer, on and see what he's got to say about this? Why don't we bring on Ruby? Let's see what she's got to say about it. Ruby? Yeah, let's bring on Ruby. <laughs> Anyway, we were going to talk a little bit more about uh, the economy and so forth, and um, uh, but it's always good to hear from the listeners. It's always good to hear from Jerry. It's always good to hear that, uh, you know, what's really happening in other parts of the country, you know, where people live and what they hear is a lot different than certainly is being reported on mainstream media. And um, um, I did see some of the, the confrontations uh, with Cruz and so forth out of Indiana, and it was... Um, I think they spent like the no Trump. I think they spent like thirty four million dollars so far to. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's just going up in their face. And so far, it's actually doing more harm than I know. You know, so it's kind of like uh, you know, you know. Sometimes it one I wonder who these people are that manage these uh, programs and these uh, you know campaigns and so forth. You know, it's like really. I wonder who pays them. I know that Soros does in some instances, and I'm sure there's other sources besides that. But I don't know. You know, this is one of those things where, huh, <laughs> I can tell you if I was Trump and in his situation. Now, Trump last night, he talked about uh, 
Cruz, and he said, this guy's a heck of a competitor, and he complimented him and so on and so forth. All right, I get that. It's the way you build your your coalitions, and you, all right, you've defeated your enemy. Now you congratulate your enemy on being a great guy. Uh, your adversary, maybe not your enemy. Yeah, you spent it's, it's kind of a standard <laughs> kind of situation. But I can tell you, that it would not be standard with me. If I was, if I had to go through the stuff Trump has had to go through, <laughs> and I'm that was Trump's the way. House, Al, you don't get it. You don't. You would don't be get made it. to wish they had not done that. Al, you don't get it. That was Trump's way of just rubbing the, twisting the knife, and in, in, in Cruz's back just a little bit more. No, I don't think we have time. I don't think we have time, but we do have Ivan calling. All right, Yvonne, what you got for us? We have what do we got? A minute. Sixty got seconds. Not even that. Not even that. Not even that. Not Forty seconds, Yvonne. So you got to. Well, I just was wondering if you heard that Kessich might be uh, uh, leaving the, uh, you know the. That's what they've uh, reported. He said right at five o'clock, they're and supposed to have a discussion. So just so mm-hmm. I didn't hear much about it. So, and uh, I agree with. With earlier uh, caller about Trump, that um, uh, I don't know, if, you know, he uh, was taken to a, a Republican just like Sanders. He's not a Democrat; he's a socialist. And yeah. I don't know how he got into the Democratic Party, but yeah, yeah that's that's a good point. I'll tell you what, yeah. though, Yvonne, we are out of time, so we have to uh, thank you for your call. Um, we will talk to you another time. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, Yvonne, and Jerry from Indiana. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. 
some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. PSA count high, half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the prostate kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the prostate kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the prostate kit and empower yourself. Toll free 866-229-3663 for international callers 704-875-8010. That's toll free 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Good afternoon. 
I am your host, Jay Shanahan, and this is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show, guys, for Wednesday, the 4th of May. It's already May. 2016 is four minutes past the hour, and you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. You can go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That's the website for this network right here. And you can, from there, get into the chat room. You should all know how to do that by now. And after you get in there, then you can kind of just ask questions and do all that kind of stuff. Like I say, every week I will try and keep up as best I can. You can ask questions and do things like that. You can also call in. I've been saying that more often, that there is a call-in number for this show, 1-800-932-1980. I'll repeat that again later on. Additionally, I have a website, conditioncriticalshow.com. You should check it out. I posted a new article, if you will, on there last night, which is going to be the subject, more or less, of uh, the first part of the show here this afternoon. So perhaps you should check that out. Let's see what else. Uh, donate. There are there are good donate links at both websites. More importantly, there's a donate link for the American Voice Radio. Go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Like I said, the website. Find that donate link. Click it and donate five dollars, please. Frank would appreciate it, and so would I. Okay. I don't think I left anything out. I mean, I may have uh, left something out if I have. Oh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. I'll type my screen name into the chat room. It is Irish eighty eight. It's just spelled a little differently. So give me one second here, and I will spell it out in the chat room for all you guys. And for those of you that uh, don't have a chat room or not in the chat room, it's Irish 88 is spelled I-R-I-S-H-E-I-G-H-T-Y, and then the number 8. And I'll repeat that again if I have to. But anyway, that's Yahoo Instant Messenger. It's a good way to contact me as well. My cell phone, 253-973-2995. You can text message me uh, during the show. Uh, Obviously, if you call, I wouldn't answer. But either way, that's my cell phone number. You guys can reach me there. You can also go to my website, like I said, and reach me there as well. You can email me news articles or even request a song. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Okay. Well, I'm not going to talk much. I am just briefly here at the beginning of the show about the presidential elections. As we all know, Donald Trump and, oh, I don't know if you guys have heard, I'm sure you have by now, that John Kasich has now dropped out of the race as well. Uh, That headline came across my wire a couple hours ago, so I'm guessing that everyone knows that by now, that uh, the, uh, the, what is he, the governor of Ohio, who had no chance whatsoever. There was a graph. Uh, the, the article that came out yesterday about Ted Cruz dropping out, uh, there was a graph. And you know what? I can. I had posted that into the chat room. When was it? Last, I think last night I posted uh, the article. And give me one second here. Uh, uh, don't do that. Here we go. Give me one second. Uh, I'm going to just read from the graph in the article. This is from yesterday. Cruz ends presidential campaign after Indiana route. Trump all but certain GOP nominee. And just for, you know, what's and giggles, I'll go ahead and post this article again into the chat room just for you, know, you can follow along uh, or go to this graph yourself. I just think it's interesting. So let me go back here. Again, Cruz has dropped out and now Kasich has dropped out. Let's see. Here it is. Here's a graph. Heading into Indiana's primary on May 3rd, Donald Trump has 80% of the delegates needed to clinch the GOP nomination. He can clinch by winning a third of the delegates up for grabs through the final primaries on June 7th. 
and then they have it broken down through Trump Kasich. Trump has, what is it? I have to squint now, 996 delegates. Number of delegates needed to clinch, 241. Percentage of remaining delegates needed to clinch. So that, let's just stick with that number, and this will be for each candidate. So the number of remaining candidates to clinch for Donald Trump is 33%. The number of remaining delegates to clinch for Cruz, which, of, of course, he's dropped out, but the percentages were 92%. And for Kasich, it was 148%. So why would you stay in the race? And he's dropped out, so it's kind of a moot point. Uh, but it's just, it's, I think it's pretty, you know, uh, it's a pretty good illustration of how far behind these two were, and they didn't stand a chance at, at all. So that's really it. And then a new article came out, and um, maybe I'll touch on it later on. And, you know, because they're doing it already, they're, they're having a, there's a, a new, new, new poll out now where Hillary Clinton leads uh, Donald Trump by double digits. I think it was uh, 13%. It was like uh, 54 to 41% or something like that. Again, I might touch on it later. Uh, and hey, that's fine. You know, I, I don't fear Hillary Clinton. I was about to say, I was, you know, I was going to say something like when talking about that, if Hillary, you know, be afraid, guys, if Hillary Clinton gets, to, you know, to be president. But then I said, you know what, that's not very biblical. I don't fear Hillary Clinton. I fear the Lord. And we should all fear the Lord. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to talk much about the presidential elections there, because I just wanted to kind of bring that up because it is kind of current events. So what do I want to talk about? Well, the first thing I want to talk about this afternoon is, you know, this whole notion and it's on theme that we're not, you know, that we're not a Christian nation any longer center right. It's, it's, it's kind of on theme with what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks here. And something came across my wire a couple of days ago. As you know, I listened to a, a, another radio station and get traffic reports. Uh, and there's a, there's, a, there's a segment on the, the afternoon show called Ring My Bell. And it's by a, a, a female, uh, you know, kind of radio personality, Rachel Bell. Uh, in this one, in, in this bit of commentary, though, there's going to be her like a replacement for the day. I guess she wasn't there this Rachel Bell this afternoon or whatever. And so they got another female, uh, you know, doing this commentary. And again, this is, uh, you guys know how I talk about how, you know, we're all supposed to be the same, but that's, you know, that's never really the case. Uh, I say it like this, we're all the same until we're not, because that's always how it is with them. It's how it is with the women. It is, it's how it is with the blacks, the Mexicans, you name it. You know, they all want to be the same. And, and the women, it, the, the women really stand out in, in this, though, more so than the blacks. You know, the women just have beaten down every door. And we've let them in others and they just want to, they, you know, they're the same and they can do things the same and we're all the same. Right. But until we're not, you know, it's always like that. And the, there's a, it's the irony of this. It just, it just, it was, it just blew my mind when I listened to this, I thought this is, this is just rich with the irony and, and they don't even see it, you know, so what I'm going to do is, and with a little bit of help from my producers out there, uh, let me know if this is either too loud or you can, uh, not loud enough. I suspect that it's going to be okay this time, uh, but just for the, you know, just for some help. So here we go. I'm going to play this audio now, and it's going to be a little kind of, you know, I got I went past some of the opening. Uh, there was no ad at the beginning, but there's like some introductions and stuff from the other people. So I'm going to pick this up at about 15 seconds in, so just stay with it. 
today, which means Kim usually fills in. But Kim's out today, who usually fills in for Rachel. So let's find out what's ringing Candy's bell. I'm third best. Yeah. Yay. All right. So Mother's Day is on Sunday. Such a terrible song. Anyway, should women without kids get maternity leave? That is the question author Megan Foy, she said that she's asking. She's jealous of pregnant co-workers getting three months maternity leave. She wrote a book that's just released, and it's called Neternity. And she says, I want all the perks of the time away from work without the risk of losing my job and without actually having the kids. When she said that out loud, Megan didn't realize how insensitive those comments were. And now the backlash is crazy and the Internet lost its collective mind on Megan. Uh, one new mom posted, I'm glad that Megan sees me on two hours of sleep monitoring my sick newborn's heartbeat to see if I need to call 911 as relaxing me time. And this is so bad, she has now canceled appearances on different talk shows, including an appearance on Good Morning America last week, right before it was about to air. She said, no, I can't do it, because so many women are now out for this, this blood. This is like one of the most ill-conceived books of all time, uh, to, to write this. Like, that is uh, patently ridiculous to, to try to say, oh, a woman who, you know, carries a baby and then gives birth is somehow, I want that same thing, just minus the whole pregnancy and baby part. Uh, that makes no sense whatsoever. She's well, talking sabbatical. Yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of okay with it. I I tell you what, when when you have a baby, you can't wait to get back to work. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you pushed out your baby, that's how you felt. No, like so so. Okay. They just do a little bit of commentating there, but as I was listening to it, I'm like, okay, what's the problem? I, I don't see the problem. Now apparently, this woman was joking. Apparently, if you go to my website and look at my article, I posted the YouTube video where she, because she did do an interview on The View, actually, a couple of days ago. It was uh, on, you know, May 2nd. She went on The View. And so apparently the book that she wrote was not necessarily a parody, but just kind of a, uh, uh, it's like fiction. She was just, anyway, you'd have to watch, you know, the video. It's about five minutes of her interview uh, on, on The View. But again, as I was listening to it, guys, I'm like, I don't see what's the problem here, women. Uh, you know, this, I thought we were all the same. What difference does it make, right? I mean, that's what they want us to believe. You know, that's certainly, you know, that's what they want us to believe with these, with all the, the trans species, uh, the, the, the transgendered freaks and the homos out there. You know, we're all supposed to be the same, right? And now all of a sudden, oh, well, because what? Because you have a baby or you're pregnant, you, you want some special treatment. And in the article that I wrote, it, it, this is how it is, you know, when, when, you know, when you clamor, all the clamoring that these groups have done throughout the years, all of the clamoring that they have done throughout the years to get treated the same. And, and, then, and then at the end of the day, because here's the thing, and I asked the question, what happens, guys, when we're treated all the same? What, what, what do you think the net result of that? Well, the net result of that is, that is, is that we get treated all the same and not differently. <laughs> so you either want treated the same or, or you, you, you know, see, you can't have it both ways. You can't want it wanting, you can't like want to be treated the same and then differently at the same time. Oh, but see, they don't, they can't figure that out in their feeble minds. Okay. So I want to move on from that. I just wanted you to hear that because it's just unbelievable. And now I want to move on to, that's right, the freaking trans, whatever the heck, the homos out there that are rampaging and, the, and clamoring. 
for you know equal protection and equal rights, whatever it's nonsense. This is from NPR, and the headline is, and let me enlarge this so I can see it better. The headline is for state now, and look, there's going to be they've added a letter to the acronym, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that the homos in the mainstream and the establishment has been doing. They, they, you know, they, they try and legitimize this by giving it like a, a, a cute-sounding acronym. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the acronym only because for illustration purposes. But for the most part, I don't, I don't call them the LGBT community. I call them what they are. They're a bunch of freaking degenerate homos. But okay, fine. And again, now, guys, this is, the tr- this is it. You have to remember this. You have to keep this in mind, that the reason that they give them acronyms like that, in my opinion, one of the reasons is to try and legitimize it. There's no other reason. Okay, so having said that, here's the headline. For State Department's LBGTI envoy, every country is a different challenge. Now, if you notice, there's another, and when I saw the headline and I saw that Instead, and not just LGBT, that's lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, transgender, right? I saw the I. I'm like, an I? What's that? Well, okay, let's just read on, or let's just start. Randy Berry has seen dramatic changes during more than 20 years at the State Department. When he moved from from a post in Nepal to New Zealand years ago, he had to pay for his husband's plane ticket because such spousal benefits were not covered for gay and lesbian couples. Those days are gone, Barry says in an, in, in an interview at his State Department office. So there you go, guys. I, I'm gonna, now, I'm just stopping for a moment. I mean, we got this guy's been in the State Department for 20 years. I mean, look, don't think that this is like an accident. I mean, this is in, this is in an intentional appointment of a, of a homo in, in the State Department. It, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable, guys, how, how sick we've become, how sick this country is and how sick our government is, but I'll continue on. Today, the State Department has eight openly gay ambassadors, and Barry has become the first U.S. special envoy for the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and intersex persons. That's what the I stands for. I'll say it again, intersex persons. And it goes on to say, or describe intersex as, those whose sex is unclear at birth. Okay, why don't we all ponder that for a second? Intersex, those whose sex is unclear at birth. Let's ponder that for a second. Okay, are we done pondering it? Okay. You know, I- I've gone over the birds and the bees before. I mean, perhaps we need another lesson or another uh, segment of the birds and the bees. Okay, let's just, and I'm not going to be vulgar at all, and I'm not being flippant at all. But apparently, apparently we're all just a freaking bunch of children out there, and we have no idea... We have no idea what sex we are. Other people can't figure that out. I mean, when you drop from the womb as a newborn, I'm sure that you don't know what sex you are. I mean, I know your brain does, but, you know, as an infant, a newborn baby, you, you know, you are what you are. But certainly the doctors that delivered you and the nurses and the anesthesiologists and, and, and what all, right? I'm, I'm, don't they? I mean, shouldn't they be? Okay. Okay, so check it out. You drop out of the womb, right? Newborn baby. Well, it's crying. Okay. Oh, it's all good. Everybody's crying. The uh, baby's healthy. Okay. Down there between the legs now, and this is a newborn. Again, I'm not being flippant, and I'm not gonna, trying to be disrespectful of the newborn. But if, if, the, if the baby, okay, has like a little penis, okay, 
and a tiny little sack underneath. Now, okay, that's, that's a male child, human being. You know, that's easily determined or easily determinable, one would think. Okay, are we all caught up on what a guy is, what a boy is? So I need to repeat myself in any way. Okay, and certainly I would think, because look, I'm just a truck driver. I'm not a medical doctor, but even I think even a truck driver, you know, kind of knows the difference. So I would hope that surgeons and, 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 and baby doctors would, would know the difference. Okay, so now another child drops out of the womb. There is a cries. Oh, everybody's crying. It's great. Baby's healthy. Okay, you look down. No, there's no little bitty penis and no sack, right? There's, there's a vagina. It's a woman. It's a, it's a girl. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that there are women. That, right? That's easily determined. Easily determinable, one would think, right? Well, how in the hell screwed up are we in this country when we have a definition called intersex, those whose sex is unclear at birth? What, there's nothing down there when the baby drops out? What, there's nothing there. There's a great, it's blank. And everybody scratches their head. Hmm. Hmm. Huh? Hmm. Huh? Well, no, that doesn't happen. Wake the hell up, people. Okay. Now, we're all caught up, though, right? I'll go on. I'll go on. Still, a killing in Bangladesh this week. Now, this is from, uh, let me see when this is from. This is from last week, I believe. Yeah, April 28th. And let me start over. Where was it? Da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, still a, uh, still a killing in Bangladesh this week drove home the challenges he faces in the post he's held for just a year. And there's a name of a fellow. It's a, with the, they, it's pronounced, uh, it's hard to pronounce, Zulhaz Mahan, a gay rights activist who also worked at the U.S. Embassy in Bangladesh, was hacked to death Monday by, by a group linked to al-Qaeda. Sure they were. Well, look, you know, just the fact that the United States has eight openly gay ambassadors, that should tell you something. That should tell you what we're trying to export, degeneracy. And other countries, you know, they're a little bit ahead of us on, on all this. So they, they saw uh, Zulhaz Mahan for what he was, who was a, a, a degenerate and a threat to a moral and just society. So they took it upon themselves and took matters into their own hands and hacked him to death. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see a problem with that at all. So, see, we're just a bunch of freaking sissies over here. Okay. Let me just uh, finish up with this. Barry called Mayhem's murder a great tragedy. It felt especially, I felt it especially deeply because he was also a member of our family, says Barry. Any day I learn about violence against members of this community, he's talking about the homos community, based out of fear or ignorance or hate, I feel it deeply. But almost a day doesn't pass when, there, when that doesn't happen. The Obama administration's support for activists raises questions uh, of whether the U.S. has an obligation to protect them. Barry says there is always an element of risk for any human rights activist. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just some blah, blah, blah towards the end of the, uh, the uh, article. The main point I wanted to point out in that article was the I at the end of the LGBT. And, also the, and this could also uh, you know, fall into the category, and it does for you know, you know, the kind of theme for the, the first half of the, the, the show uh, this afternoon about how, you know, we're all, I thought we were all the same, and, and then apparently until we're not. I'm going to continue on with, uh, I have a little bit of time before the break. That was one article, and, and guys, this is what I mean about, you know, you can just pick, you can just pick any headline uh, today. It's all bad. Uh, let's see here. No, I'm going to do this one first, I believe. Let me 
close that out and get this bigger. Uh, and this is from USA Today. The headline is Voices. Gender-neutral restrooms could be the answer. Frank and I were talking, uh, conversing last night in Yahoo Messenger. And, you know, I I bet you, and Frank, I don't mean to, you know, just, you know, I hope this isn't personal information I'm divulging, but it's come to my attention that that Frank has, well, he has transgender litter boxes in his house. That's right, folks. He's ahead of the curve on this one. Frank has cats, as you know, and he has... Obviously, you need litter boxes when you have cats, and the, both the boys and the girl cats, they, they go poop and pee in, in the same litter box sometimes. And I thought, how, can, how inclusive is that, that Frank has uh, transgendered litter boxes? That's great. It's great. Okay. Gender-neutral restrooms. Another battle over bathroom rights is looming in Texas. Some Texas activists and lawmakers say they plan to introduce a bill next session that would bar transgender women from using the woman's restroom. This comes on the heels of a similar controversy, a similar controversial law, House Bill 2, in North Carolina, that has sparked a national debate and provoked a business backlash against the state. Yeah, PayPal announced, so on and so forth, and blah, blah, more than 120 businesses, uh, including Hyatt, Kellogg, Northrop Grumman, blah, blah, blah have signed, you know, a letter urging its appeal. The issue even entered the, the presidential race with GOP frontrunner Donald Trump initially saying that there have been few problems with the bathroom rules as they are, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all know that. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is unfazed by the controversy of the potential of an economic backlash hitting Texas if the bathroom law is enacted. In an interview with the Texas Tribune, he called the issue a priority for the next legis- legislative session, which begins next year. Yeah, I got some time. I think the handwriting is on the bathroom wall. Men need to stay out of the ladies' room, Patrick told the Tribune. This is about common sense, common decency, and allowing women to have comfort when they're in the bathroom. You know, I could go on and on, and I do have another one here. And, and the reason I'm bringing these up is, is this whole notion that, you know, we're all the same. You know, how they're pushing, how, how that's what they're pushing, that agenda. We're all the same. You know, we're all the same. You know, they've got women in every combat field now. You know, now they get to go out there and get their heads blown off just like the guys. But you know what? They don't like it. They want special treatment at the same time. You know, they have lowered the standards. So so we're not all the same. And, you know, as we go into the break here, and we're getting kind of close to the break, and I'm going to continue on with this after the break. So just, you know, prepare. But the, the, the first song going into the break, or, okay, is going to be dedicated to all the nitwits out there that think that we're all the same. And... I'll comment on it, you know, after we come back from the break, but I just wanted to make you aware of that. So, uh, and then when we come out of the break, guys, and I apologize for being just a bit distracted here because I am uh, getting my next article ready here. Uh, That wasn't it. I will have to locate it during the break because it seems to have uh, went away. So, yeah, guys, uh, because the next article is going to illustrate it even better, this whole notion, this whole ridiculousness of what's going on. And, the, and, and we have to put a stop to it, guys. We, we have to put a stop to this somehow, some way. We have to come to our center. We have to do something. Because I get, I get, like I say, I, I get pretty discouraged from time to time. And I was pretty discouraged, you know, uh, last week, over the weekend, you know, during my work uh, week, you know, just of the headlines of the day. It's you know, the things that are going on are so sickening, and they just don't make any sense. They just don't make any sense to me, the things that are going on. And I believe that it, that's because not enough good people are standing up and fighting against the evil that is in our land. And we just have to do it, guys. We have 
to do more. It's imperative that we do more. See you after the break. Hello, Susan. How are you? Captain Circle's here. One's different. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other? By the time we finish our song. I think function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. 
You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back. Second half of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network, guys. The 4th of May, 2016. 35 minutes past the hour. And I'll repeat some of the administrative stuff later on. I want to I get on with it. So going into the break, I, I hope you bared with me and played a little bit, a skit from Sesame Street. And, and again, I, did, did, and we all know that Sesame Street was aired, or is aired, on one of the most progressive liberal networks ever, the uh, PBS, Public uh, Broadcasting System. And I just find it amazing that they don't, they don't even get the irony of their own skits. And I don't know if you guys got the, get the irony of that, too. One of these things doesn't belong here. I mean, what are you trying to say? Why are you discriminating against the smaller circle? I thought we were all the same, okay? But see, we're not all the same. And because apparently we're all a bunch of children and, and have no common sense, I had to, play, had to play that skit to, I don't know, to demonstrate to people that, uh, hey, People know. People are aware. You know, we really are smarter than, than, you know, the, than our government thinks out there. People know the difference. And people do not want Bruce Jenner in the female uh, restroom. They just don't. That's, and now I can't say it more emphatically. And if I try and say it any more emphatically, I may turn into a hothead. People don't want it. It is being rejected. 
and it, it doesn't matter. What, and they're bending over backwards. But guys, they're not going to stop. We have to put a stop to them. Here's the next headline. And this is, this is uh, basically like an op-ed. This is from USA Today. The headline is, The Imaginary Predator in America's Transgender Bathroom War. It's not an imaginary predator, you, you freaking morons. These people are going to hell. I'm telling you they're going to hell. There's, there's a bit of audio, and perhaps, and, I, and I've gotten past the ad. I haven't listened to the audio, but since I've gotten past the ad already, guys, let's go ahead and listen to it. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Nope. Give me a second here. With the with the with that audio is it's they're just going through a montage of like PayPal and there what they're trying to do is they're trying to illustrate uh, how this is affecting monetarily the states and how it's bad and all that when everybody knows that it's that it's not so let me just read from the article and again the headline is the imaginary predator in America's transgender bathroom wars this this is just too good to be true this is just unbelievable you have to pee if you're like 99 percent of Americans you look at pictograms. Predictable gender binaries to guide you toward the appropriate toilet. Now, what they're talking about is, and we've all seen it, uh, you're at a restaurant, so you have to go to the bathroom. You walk, oh, it's down the end of the hallway to the right. So you go down the end of the hallway, hang a right, boom, there's two doors. And you've seen it, the, the, the men and, and the woman, right? That's, we all know that, right? I don't have to, we don't have to go back to the Sesame Street thing here, right? One of these things, okay. So we all know. Okay, well, see, they don't like this. They don't like this. A person... Here it is, appropriate toilet. A person in pants on the left, a person in a dress on the right. If you're a woman, it's irrelevant that you have a vagina and wearing jeans and can't recall the last time you donned a triangle dress dress to a dinner party. You know to hang a right while men go left. The signage isn't literal. It reveals how culture wants your gender to look. It reveals what door it wants you to walk through. The bathroom is a bastion, a bastion of segregation. It's where we sort people. Civil rights battles have been fought there before over blacks, women, over people with disabilities. Now, with North Carolina and Mississippi passing laws that ban transgender Americans from using bathrooms that align with their gender identity, another battle has begun. There is no battle here. Okay, the only battle is in their, is in the, their, is in their mind. It, and the, that battle is between the last little bit of common sense and decency in their feeble minds against the rest of the degenerate brain. Because, like I said, the American people know the difference. And the American people are going to every day reject it because it is offensive. It is highly offensive. And, and, and you want to talk about being vulgar? It, it, it's vulgar at the same time what these people are trying to do. It is, it is unbelievably vulgar and offensive. Let me just continue on. Proponents of anti-trans bills, which are sweeping, which are sweeping the country. <laughs> yeah, there you go, guys, and they are. Purport a two-fold argument about safety. One, a man is a man no matter how he dresses, so letting him into the woman's bathroom is absurd. Well, isn't it? 
I mean, they don't think so, but isn't that absurd? <laughs> Look, <clears throat> I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Obama would not let Bruce Jenner into the bathroom with his daughter. I guarantee you that, okay? No matter what he says. And two, male perverts and pedophiles disguised as women, fox transgender people, will troll women's bathrooms and sexually assault our wives and daughters. Hmm, well, who wouldn't see that coming? It goes on. But the National Center for Transgender Equity, the Human Rights Commission, and the American Civil Liberties Union say there is no statistical evidence of violence to justify the laws. They argue the bills are irrational, conflict with federal law, and uh, veritably endanger trans people. A slew of corporations from Target to PayPal agree. So what? Who cares? Boycott them, and they can go to hell, too. So what is the crux of the issue? The anxiety isn't men in women's bathrooms. It's about masculinity in the wrong place, says Catherine Frank, director of Columbia Law School Center for Gender and Sexual Sexuality Law. It's portrayed as a threat to women. But on a much deeper level, it's about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. <laughs> Whatever. This is who we have teaching our kids, too, guys. Unbelievable. Not the dial. Let's see. Transgender people have entered the public consciousness. Janet Mock, Laverne Cox, Bruce Jenner, they, go, they refer to the creature by the name it has given itself, but I will not. So I'll say again, Caitlyn Jenner. But the National Center for Transgender Equity estimates that transgender people make up here it is, guys, less than 1% of the population. We understand uh, transgender people exist, but we don't understand who transgender people are. Uh, okay, number one, and they say it. Uh, the, the, the trans, now, there's three things here. They, even their own estimates uh, say that transgender people make up less than 1% of the population. So why we cater into less than 1% of the population? Who does that? Nobody does that. Well, our government's doing it, and that's what they're trying to force upon us. And secondly, the two other things, we understand uh, transgender people exist. Yeah, we do. But we don't understand who transgender people are. I think we do understand who transgender people are. I think it's very clear what they are as well. They're freaks. They're creatures. They don't belong in a moral and just society. And they offend people. They offend people's sensibilities. Even those out there that don't want to be offended or that are afraid of being offended because they don't want to be called a name, even those people with a little sleight of hand and wink, wink, and a nod, nod will go, no, I don't want. I don't want them in the bathroom with my daughter either. Oh, I don't. Can I say that? Yeah. Even those people, even those people, know who uh, these freaks are. Let's see here. And now this is now. Check this out. The American Family Association, a conservative Christian activist group, has gained nearly a million signatures from people pledging to boycott Target over its inclusive transgender bathroom policy announced this month. A statement from AFA which is classified as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's right. You heard it here first. The uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has designated or classified the American Family Association as a hate group. There you go. Well, I mean, so what? Who cares with uh, Mark Potok and those bunch of freaking degenerates at the Southern Poverty Law Center think? Who cares what they think? In a moral and just society, they would be swinging from a freaking tree in a moral and just society. And I can't wait for the day. And it's going to happen. It's coming, guys. There's just no two ways about it. That It is coming. Let's see. Uh, says the policy means a man can simply say he feels like a woman today and enter the woman's restroom, even if young girls or women are already in there. That's exactly what's going to happen. And they know this, but they don't care. They don't care because they're sick perverts. 
degenerates. What's unconscionable to trans activists is that while a label is, is that while a label preoccupied America grapples with the enormous perceived threat of sexual amb- ambiguity with gender fluidity, fluidity, whatever the hell that means, despite a national love affair w- with the late prince who ended irre- who irreverently transcended gender norms. Well, you know, uh, they're kind of right there. And I'll just stop for a second. We, we apparently have this love affair with Prince. There's an ongoing thing going on with Prince as far as in the media goes. Like right after he died, there was like an article called Day One. I kid you not, look him up. Day One, what we know now. And there's blah, blah, this and that. And then Day Two. I, we're up to like Day 13 now, and I kid you not. Or 14 or 15 by now. And they're just, see how they're, they're you know, how they're, they're trying to hammer that. And I, you know, just, just, by the way, guys, you know, Prince was who he was. He was a degenerate. And I, I didn't like any of his music. Whatever. He, he wasn't any influence on American, not a good, any good influence on American society. Uh, but it, I do find it odd that, you know, they, they find it necessary to, to just have a day one, two, three, four, five. And now what, we're up to day 15, whatever it is. When, when Antonin Scalia passed, there wasn't like day one, day two, day three. You catch my drift? I mean, he just died, and, you know, it's, hey, it was a natural death and some veterinarian from California. No, nope, it's all natural. Blah, blah, blah. Let's move on. And there's no more mention of Antonin Scalia. Who, who do you think was more important in today's society? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm not a big proponent of any of the people on the Supreme Court or any of the people in our government, but I find it a little odd that uh, Prince gets a little bit more, I guess, accolades in death or at least the more attention in death than Antonin Scalia did. That's just where we are, guys. That's just where we care more about Prince in this country, so they're right there. They're right about that. Okay, let me start over. Prince, yeah, transcended gender norms. Okay, these anti-trans laws pose a ferocious threat, too, that these anti-trans laws propose. Okay, it goes on. Uh, Let's see. To the safety and dignity of not only trans men and women, but to anyone who doesn't conform to to traditional gender roles. In other words, a butch lesbian may face more discrimination in a public restroom than a fully transitioned trans woman who can go about her business with anyone uh, about anyone being the wiser. Well, yeah, I mean, I've said that, you know, sure, I've said that. And 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 I guess that's true. Yeah, sure, it's true. You know, creatures can disguise themselves. And once, you know, once one of these creatures fully goes through the transformation, I mean, fully, you know, who who would I guess who would be the wiser, except, you know, they would, and they would be miserable. North Carolina's House Bill 2, which estimates, uh, which eliminates local non-discrimination protections for LGBT. Now, they don't add the I in this one, people, and forces trans people to use a bathroom that matches sex on their birth certificate in schools and in publicly owned buildings, doesn't contain an enforcement plan. How do you stop someone who looks like a woman from walking into the ladies' room and, and vice versa? One imagines potty police checking birth certificates at restroom doors, and it just goes on. And, and, and I don't need to read the whole article. You know, what I've been going over here, you know, certainly for the first hour, is this whole notion that, because it really boils down to this whole, you know, I thought we were all the same, and, you know, until we're not, and, you know, we want to be treated all the same. Oh, but we want treated differently. Uh, that's what's got, that's, that is what has gotten us into so much trouble, guys, is that we've, we've you know, look, once you cater once you start catering to, to the degenerates, once you start catering to, to the, uh, 
you know, to, to the low end of the, of, the, of the spectrum, if you will. And that's certainly what we've been doing across the board. We, can, we, we just cater, we cater to the low end, to the lowest common denominator is what we've done. And now they become such a, how they become such a mob to me is unclear, but they have. Now, I know that it's our government 100% pushing it, one, certainly. And then you have numerous corporations out there. And I can't, I just have, I can't figure out why they're hitching their wagon to this because it's a lost cause. And I don't understand, like I said, I'm not going to REI any longer. I've resigned my membership at REI. I mean, big deal, right? But I'm just one guy. Uh, the uh, the uh, American Family, what is it, Association, has got over now more than a million signatures. I think spoke about that last week. And at the time, they had just over 500,000. So the signatures, people, look, guys, see, you know, this is what's so frustrating for me is that it's, you know, it, it, to me, it's just such common sense. And again, I'm just a truck driver, and I don't say that to disparage myself at all. You know, I've said other things like, man, if I would have paid more attention in high school and all that, I mean, who doesn't feel that way? The point is, I don't feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not like a college professor, and I can't do, you know, a sophisticated, uh, you know, mathematical equations and all that, this, that, and the other thing. But I'm smart enough to realize that you don't want freaking men dressed as women going into the restroom just because they feel like a woman. It's ridiculous. And they need to be told so. And, and for our government to keep forcing this upon us, it only illustrates, or at least should illustrate, how evil and corrupt our government is. People know the difference, damn it. People, are, people know the difference between a man and a woman. And just because you don't like the little man symbol or the little woman symbol on the bathroom door, if that offends your sensibilities, well, then you need to be told that you're a freaking moron and an idiot. And if we catch you, if we catch your degenerate homo ass in the bathroom with our daughters, we're going to beat you to death. You understand me? And we would be justified in doing so. Keep out of the freaking ladies room, you freaking degenerate moron. Look. And, you know, and I'm not trying to be vulgar and I'm not trying to, you know, be overly offensive, but you're you're a creature. You're not a human being. If you had to go poo or pee, you go out back in the woods and dig a dig a a, a hole because you're nothing more than than you're a creature. You don't belong in and and you don't belong in a normal bathroom. You're abnormal. Stay out of the normal bathrooms. Don't, don't try and beat the doors down of our bathrooms because you want to be accepted into society. People are rejecting you. Don't you understand that? And you can dress up Bruce Jenner any way you'd like. And I said this in, from the very beginning when Jenner did this. I said, something ain't right here. There's no way. There's no way. They're holding. Now, this, now maybe two. I got time. Just had to check the clock. Excuse me. <laughs> Lost track. Okay. I thought from the very beginning, like I said, you know, because I thought there's no way. They got something on Bruce Jenner. They have something on him. And now, and, and maybe it was from a long time ago, they had something on him. And they said at the time, hey, someday we're going to come to you. You know, kind of like The Godfather, right? Remember the scene in The Godfather where the baker, you know, wanted something done? I forget in the original movie. The baker had something. Remember the baker in the movie? He went to, to uh, Don Vito Corleone and asked him for a favor. And then Don Vito Corleone said, I'm going to do you this favor. But someday, 
someday I'm going to come to you and I'm going to need a favor and you're going to give it to me. Remember that? Well, I believe the same thing happened to Bruce Jenner. That they just went to him and said, hey, remember 20 years ago, 10, 5, 15 years, remember 30 years? Yeah, okay, it's time. It's, you know, now, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, our payment is due. And so this is what we need you to do. Because you remember in the beginning, if you just remember, because I do, I do. I, I, I paid attention to, to the inflection in his face and, and his mannerisms and all. And he was very uncomfortable, just very uncomfortable with the whole thing. I thought, okay, they got something on this guy. But my point is, they can dress up Bruce Jenner they, any way they'd like to try and normalize and this abnormal, this abnormal uh, behavior, this abnormal practice uh, that is going on. And, and, you know, and, and, and look, at the end of the day, it boils down to us as the American people to do something about it. We're letting them poison our kids. We're letting them poison our society. That's all there is to it. This is absolute from the pits of hell poison. And we have to reject this. We have to vomit this up. We have to vomit this out of our system, if you catch my drift. Because... And it would be, like I said, this is what I get so, this is why I get so frustrated because it seems so easy to me. It seems so easy to do. They are, they admit that there's less than 1%. And when, and, and I've been using the uh, percentages of just over a fraction of 2% when you combine all of these creatures, meaning not just these trans people, but, you know, your straight up, you know, queers and, and, and dykes. You know, when you add, combine all those together, it's, it's still just, a, it's less than 3%. And again, you can go by any study and go ahead and pick one. And no matter what they do to try and legitimize it, people are just not going to accept it. So we have to, you know, it has to be more than one, two, three, or 10, or 15, or 17, or 120 people that say something or do something about it. I encourage all of us to do more about this. Write an article. Call your congressman. Write a letter to the editor. Send an email. <coughs> Excuse me. i need, got to find my water here. But do something, guys. Do something. Because this is sickening. And it sickens me. And, it, and I get pretty down in the dumps because it seems that not enough of us are doing anything about it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And, and if I'm wrong, you know, and, and that's fine. And I'm certainly... At least I'm pretty certain that I'm not indicting anyone, that any of my listeners out here. My wife often says, who are you trying to reach? And, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you should moderate your tone and, and all this, that, and the other thing. And you know what? I can't moderate my tone, and I'm tired of being told to moderate my tone. Now I, jo- I jokingly say, oh, I'm going to be a hothead, or I don't want to be a hothead, or something like that. Because I realize sometimes I can be a hothead. But you know what? Uh... Why should I capitulate to this? Why should I moderate my tone? Why should I accept even a little bit? Why should I accept even a little bit of the freaking, of the, the abnormality that is going on in today's Why should I accept that? Why should any of us accept that? And, and, and how dare someone tell me to moderate my tone? This is a big deal, man. What's going on in our country right now is a big damn deal to me. And it should be a big deal, because we, we all say it is. You know, we all pretend sometimes that it is. But no, see, too many of us want to watch, and, and I hate to pick on Dancing with the Stars and, and all that, and, and, and Jeopardy and, and Wheel of Fortune and, and, and football games and all that. But hey, man, they're killing us here. They're killing us here. And, and we're just don't want to do anything about it because, you know, we're too busy, you know, watching a baseball game. 
to, to see what's going on? Because they're infiltrating every aspect of our society. Hey, man, I like ba- used to like baseball, too. But now when you go to a baseball game and you go to the little, you take your daughter to the bathroom, there might be some freaking degenerate in there crapping or taking a leak next to your daughter. Do you want your daughter to see that? Do you think that's okay? Do you think that's normal? No, it's not normal. But they, they're trying to normalize it. They're coming into our baseball stadiums. They're in our football stadiums. They're on our television. They're everywhere. And we're supposed to just sit back and we're supposed to moderate our tone and we're supposed to be inclusive? How ridiculous is that? Who needs to be inclusive to degenerates? Nobody does. And how dare them? And I am not going to moderate my tone. I fought for this country. I served in the military. I was an Army Ranger. I'm not going to moderate my tone. They can go to hell. And it is coming down, guys. It's coming down to the wire here. When they are going to be chased through the streets and bashed over the back of the head with a shovel. Because that's what people do. That's what people are going to do when they're pushed too far. And we're being pushed too far by our government. And we're being pushed too far by these organizations out there. Because they think they can. They think they have some kind of a foot in the door. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Because like I said, uh, see if I can reach my water here. Bear with me a second, guys. I know we're getting towards the end of the hour. Anyway, let me just get some water here. There we go. Yeah, we're getting towards the end of the hour anyway, guys, so perhaps I'll just moderate my tone for the time being until uh, after the break. So when we come back from the break, I will move on to some other topics, guys. So just uh, for those of you who can stick with me, uh, thanks. For those of you that are, uh, can't, see you, next, uh, see you tomorrow. See you after the break.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Okay, folks, welcome back. This is the second hour of the Condition Critical Show. It's my live show for, let me squint, the fourth day of May, 2016. Uh, It's, what is it, six minutes past the three o'clock hour. I'm out here in the state of Washington. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. You can go to the American Voice Radio or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That's the website for this network that you're listening on right now. And thank God for that. Uh, you can go to my website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. I posted earlier in the chat room a copy of the uh, latest article, if you will. I, I've got, I, I kind of get away from calling them articles. They're basically op-ed pieces. I mean, whatever, guys. It's just a blog, I'm, and I am having fun with it. I did post my latest in there, but you can go to my website, ConditionCriticalShow.com, and check out the blog for yourself, and you know, you really should. I'm working on another one, which I hopefully I will hope to have finished up this, uh, this evening, so... And it, it should be up either uh, later tonight after Frank's show or by, certainly by tomorrow. Okay, what else? Call in number 1-800-932-1980. That's 1-800-932-1980. That's the phone number for this network Well, where if you call in, Frank will answer and then put you on the air. You can call me, but not while I'm on the air on my cell phone. My cell phone number is 253-973-2995. You can certainly send me a text message anytime that you want. Yahoo Instant Messenger, screen name Irish88. That's spelled I-R-I-S-H-E-I-G-H-T-Y. And then the number 8, Irish88. Okay. Uh, Just a bit of comment on the music. As you guys know, I have been refusing to play mainstream music out there. It's just my own little way. It's the only thing that I'm able, one of the only things I'm able to do. And it's just one one contribution, I believe, that more of us need to make is just a boycott. And it is a shame, because I see in there that Andrew uh, maybe wanted something a little more soothing, like some Van Morrison or something. Well, Andrew, if you stick around for the next couple of songs, uh, you will be pleasantly uh, surprised. It's not going to be Van Morrison, though, because believe it or not, and no offense, I don't like Van Morrison. I never did. I just don't. I, I don't. I, maybe it's you know the mainstream songs that, that he sings that, that turn me off. Maybe he does have better material out there, and perhaps I've never given the man a chance, uh, and I could be proven wrong. And I and again, no offense. I mean, I, you know, with all due respect, I just don't like Van Morrison. So anyway, uh, you all be happy to. Uh, for the change of pace, I believe, for the next couple of songs anyway. Okay, let's just continue on. I have a lot to cover this afternoon. And, you know, this headline and what I'm about to talk about, I guess, because the next two things I want to talk about, you know, really just fall in line, guys, with how we need to do more and we need how, and how, how not just that we need to do more, because the first thing we need to do is we need to start paying more attention, <clears throat> okay? Because the evidence is out there. Hold on, let me get my water here. Give me one second. Okay, the evidence is out there every day, guys, and it's right in the headlines out there. Uh, they, they have, how do I want to say this? Because it's unbelievable. Okay, you know, the corruption and the immorality and, you know, the implementation of immorality and all that, it really used to happen in the back rooms, right, in the smoke-filled rooms. And it was really kept on low profile, right? And it was kind of slipped in seeped in kind of nonchalantly, kind of sleight of handish, right? Well, it's not, we all know it's not like that anymore. I mean, right now it's open. The corruption and the evilness and the, 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 the degeneracy is freaking just in our face because they believe that they have won. They believe that they have won. And, and 
And, you know, like I said last week, and I'll say it now, uh, they have every reason to believe that because we have yet to really resist them in any, in even a small way. We just let them do things over, we've let, and over and over and over again. So, hey, man, uh, you know, they, anybody, you know, even degenerates can smell victory, okay? Even degenerates can smell victory. And so they smell victory. So, okay, hold on. Had to refresh myself with some more water. So, we, okay, pay attention to the headlines. Here's the headline. Should the U.S. reconsider its stand on foreign aid for abortion clinics? You heard that right. The headline again is, should the U.S. reconsider its stand on foreign aid, which we shouldn't be giving foreign aid in the first place, for abortion clinics? And we certainly shouldn't be giving foreign aid to any countries to promote or to perform abortions. And this is no, uh, no less, this article from National Public Radio. Again, that was the headline from May 2nd. It starts off, the mosquito-borne, and this is, see how, this, is how they're gonna, this is how they're trying to sell it. They're trying to sell it. So perhaps there was an agenda all the time with this, with this fake Zika virus, okay? The mosquito-borne Zika virus has sparked a debate about abortion in both Latin America and the United States. <clears throat> uh, uh, no, it hasn't, guys. It only has because they wanted to. So again, now, you know, try and connect the dots. And I know that might be a kind of a, a leap to connect that dot, but just look what our government does. So it's really not that much of a leap. I've said in the beginning that the Zika virus was a hoax. A lot of people said that. But it was more than a hoax, I believe. They had something planned up their sleeve, and maybe more than one thing. Well, now it's coming out. Again, the mosquito-borne Zika virus has sparked a debate about abortion in both Latin America and the United States. The virus has been directly linked to a birth defect that results in an abnormally small head and brain damage. In Latin America, where many countries have strict bans on abortion, some citizens and government officials are asking whether such bans should be reconsidered, at least in infected mothers. And in the United States, a decades-old discussion has been, re- has been reignited. Should the country rethink its stance on funding abortion initiatives abroad, put forth in what's known as the Helms Amendment? Adopted in 1973, the Helms Amendment states that no foreign assistance funds may be used to pay for the performance of abortion as a method of family planning or to motivate or coerce any person to practice abortions. In layman's terms, groups working with reproductive issues around the world cannot get the U.S. government cannot get U.S. government aid to fund abortions. In 1984, President Ronald Reagan went a step further with the Mexico City policy, and that was USA cannot go to foreign clinics or groups that actively promote abortion, regardless of whether they do it with money from non-U.S. sources. This policy has been implemented by Republican presidents since and since reversed by Democrats, including none other than our illustrious half of a black guy, President Obama, in 19 or in 2009. If the Helms Amendment has always been controversial, the ongoing Zika outbreak has only added fuel to the fire. Those who oppose the amendment argue that USAID funding of abortions could help provide access to safe procedures for pregnant women who are affected by the virus and who might choose to terminate their pregnancy. Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton has said she will work with adding exceptions to the Helms Amendment, and candidate Bernie Sanders has said he would fund global abortion providers by executive action. There you go. That's what Bernie Sanders said. We need to pay, and and this is what our government's doing. You know, this is what our government's doing on our behalf. They're promoting abortion. And like I said, they they had an agenda for the Zika virus outbreak, the so-called Zika virus outbreak, and now it's coming to fruition here. 
This is how they're trying to sell this to the, to the American people. Oh, hey, man, you know, who doesn't want, uh, you know, uh, who, you know who, who, who doesn't, who wants a mother to have a baby with a little bitty head? You know, that's abnormal. And geez, you know, maybe we should help her out by murdering her child, you know, sucking it out of her freaking womb with a shop back, you know, and hey, you know, right? I mean, because that's what they do there. You know, I don't, I don't know what they think, ha- I don't know what people think happens in abortion clinics. Uh, but that's what it is. And something else that just kind of irks me about this whole abortion thing is how they how they kind of change the, the vocabulary to make it sound like it's reproductive issues and and uh, family planning uh, procedures and other. What? That doesn't make any sense to me. But you heard it here first about Bernie Sanders. He said he would fund global abortion providers by executive action. And you know what? That doesn't surprise me coming from a Jew because because he's a he's a degenerate Jew. And they are the scourge, guys. They're one of the scourges. They are one of the scourges out there. And we have to, we, we, you know, people have to understand that. There's a reason why people don't want them in their land. There's a reason. It's because they promote degeneracy. They are evil. Jesus knew it. It goes on. The debate about Helms is as old, is an old is as old as the argument about legal abortion in America itself. The amendment was, in many ways, a reaction to Roe versus Wade. Following the ruling that legalized abortions, conservative lawmakers rushed to introduce measures to curb access to abortions nationwide, despite the Supreme Court ruling. They also found a foreign policy champion in North, Carolina, North Carolina's representative, Senator, Senator Jesse Helms. One of his first orders of business abroad was reproductive health. It's not reproductive health. How can abortion be in any way described or linked with reproductive health? There's no reproducing going on when you're aborting some, a baby. You're killing the baby. That's not reproductive. It's not reproductive health. Abortion is murder. It's killing a baby. Just call it what it is. I, I just call it what it is. Don't try and say it's reproductive. What the hell is that? Sworn into office January in January 1973, the same month that the Supreme Court issued its ruling on Roe, he sponsored an amendment to the Foreign Assistance Act prohibiting prohibiting any U.S. foreign aid from going towards abortions. And that that was a good measure, I believe. The proposed amendment was met with plenty of resistance, including from USAID, which argued that it was hypocritical given the change in the U.S.'s own stance on abortion. The Foreign Aid, or the the Foreign Assistance Act, USAID wrote, and it's an acronym, USAID, that's just an acronym for the organization, wrote, explicitly acknowledges that every nation is and should be free to, de- to determine its own policies and procedures with respect to population growth and family planning. I, I, I agree. I agree that now, what does that say again? Um, acknowledges that every nation is and should be free to determine its own policies and procedures with respect to population growth and family planning. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me, if, uh, if people in Guadalajara want to, don't want, you know, to have abortion in their land, I think that they should be able to determine that themselves. But, if people in Guadalajara determine or feel that, you know, they want abortion clinics and they want to perform abortions and, and baby murder, hey, man, who, who are we? The United States. I don't care. Do what you want. But we're not giving you any money for it. See? See? That's, you know, that's the, the, the juxta of the, the matter here is that we shouldn't be giving them money. I'm not going to read any more from the article. It's just one more thing, guys. Pay attention to this stuff. And, you know, just about everything I talk about is a call to action. You know, you should be calling your representatives on this and saying, no, absolutely not. That's not what we want you to do. First and foremost, man, we got some real problems right here. 
we got some real problems right here in this country, okay? We, so we should be focusing on the problems right here in our own land first. All foreign aid should be cut off, period. We already know that, but I know that's kind of a pipe dream. Okay. Now, the second thing, and it's again, it's in line, it's, you know, it's on topic of what we're talking about here uh, this afternoon, and let me find it. Here it is. Because like I said, guys, these are out there. These articles are out there. These headlines are out there. And we just need to pay attention. Okay. This is from the Associated Press. And now that we're moving on from abortion, we're, you know, we, what did we cover today? We covered the, 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 uh, the, the homosexual abnormalcy going on. Then we moved into uh, abortion. These are all, shouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if we could talk about something different? It would be. But anyway, so now we're moving on to, that's right, illegal aliens. And they, well, they don't call them that. Uh, in this article, the headline is migrant children kept from enrolling in school. They call them migrants, you know, or uh, these are going to be referred to, I think, later on in the article as unaccompanied minors or whatever. Again, they're just trying to change the vocabulary to try and make it normal when everybody knows that it's abnormal. All right, here we go. <clears throat> this is from Memphis, Tennessee. Excuse me. Alejandro Hamon Alonso, that's his name, I hope I pronounce it right, came to the U.S. dreaming of becoming something more than what seemed possible along the rutted roads of his hometown in Guatemala's highlands. This was his chance. He could earn a U.S. Uh, high school education and eventually become a teacher. Become a teacher. Well, why not? Instead, the 16-year-old spends most days alone in the tumble-down Memphis house where he lives with his uncle leaving only occasionally to play soccer and pick up what English he can from his friends, so he doesn't speak any English. Local school officials have kept Hamon out of the classroom since he tried to enroll in January. Attorneys say Hamon and at least a dozen other migrant youth fleeing violence in Central America have been blocked from going to a Memphis high school because officials contend the teens lacked, lacked transcripts or were too old to graduate on time. The Associated Press has found that in at least 35 districts, Districts in 14 states, hundreds, and here we go, of unaccompanied minors from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras have been discouraged from enrolling in schools or pressured into what advocates and attorneys argue are separate but but unequal alternative programs, essentially an academic dead end and one that can violate federal law. Instead of enrolling Hamon and the other minors in high school, their cash-strapped districts uh, routed them to an adult education and East Memphis that offered English classes a few hours a week. Before Hamon could even register, the state shut the GED and English language programs over concerns that few students were graduating, effectively ending his chances for a formal education. Well, it's not our responsibility, uh, guys, in this country to formally educate illegal aliens. Okay? And, you know, this just this, this leads to the whole other issue about funding for schools. Uh, one of the largest larger school districts up here in the state of Washington, the Issaqua, Issaquah, school district. And let me uh, just briefly see if I can find that because the headline speaks for itself. Uh, let me hold on. Let me, that's not it. Da, da, da. Hold on. Da, da, da. Hold on. Where is it? I just had it. Uh, here it is. Voters consider $533.3 million uh, bond measure for Issaquah schools. So there you go. Uh, the, the reason these schools are cash-strapped, and hey, right here in my own town, the schools are overcrowded. Uh, 
and they want to build new schools and they have like these portable like trailers and all this and the other thing. And, you know, I don't know if people know what's going on here uh, because it's not American kids that are overpopulating these schools. If you go to these schools, you will see freaking hordes of freaking savages, hordes of freaking illegal alien children, savages roaming the hallways, not speaking English, not speaking English. And they're overcrowding our schools and they're pushing our own kids. I mean, how can you learn around stuff like that? You can't. I mean, look, they're not doing a very good job anyway, and I think we all know that at the schools, right, anyway. So why add this? Why? Why do this? But see, guys, our government doesn't care about us. That's, the, that's, that's what we need to focus on more, is that our government doesn't care about us. Let me go back to the uh, article now. Uh, let's see here. And this is from Himone. I really wanted to study math and English when I got here, said Himone, who grew up speaking Spanish and the indigenous language of the Quiche people. The teen is in the process of applying for permission to stay in the country permanently. Blah, 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 blah. Guys, blah, 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 right? Again, I wish I could be talking about something, and maybe someday, maybe someday I can come on the air and we can talk about the price of tea in China, or we can talk about, you know, uh, you know the playoffs or something like that. But not until we get our problem solved, not until we figure out our own mess that we're in right now and get it figured out. And I'm, I'm not hopeful that it's going to happen anytime soon. So I just wanted to point those two uh, things out for you guys uh, this afternoon. So let's move on. And, you know, and let's move on to what? You know, more degeneracy, more evidence that it's not our country anymore, more evidence that it's not just, you know, it's not just flooding the country with illegal aliens, you know, trying to destroy this country. You know, it's not just uh, forcing degenerate homosexuals on us, you know, to destroy this country. And pick any number of things that they're trying out there to destroy this country. And, and as if that wasn't enough is my point. Here's Here's some, and because there's there's another aspect, you know, because it's it's I don't know how many of, of a pronged attack it is on our culture and our and and on our society, you know, by our government. But it's multi it's a multi pronged effort, if you will. It is a multi pronged effort. So let's move on to one of the other prongs, if you will. This is from USA Today. Confederate memorial at Kentucky University to be removed. You heard that right. The Confederate Memorial at Kentucky University, Kentucky University to be removed. And this is out of Louisville. <coughs> Excuse me. Saying it no longer has a place here, Louisville's mayor and the university's president, president announced that a 120-year-old Confederate monument on the University of Louisville campus is being removed. Mayor Greg Fisher and President James Ramsey of the University of Louisville gathered Friday at the monument across the street from the Speed Art Museum, joined by several city and university officials and students. I recognize that some people say this monument should stay here because it is part of our history, but I also appreciate that we can make our own history, Fisher said. Yeah, that we can rewrite history. That's what he should have said, that we can rewrite history, you know, and make it into something different, something that is not and something abnormal. Because that's, that's what we're doing here. That's what they're doing. These are like, Frank, these are like uh, who was it? Who, who, who created Frankenstein? What was that dude's name? Who was, who, 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 who was that guy? Uh, what was his name? Dr. What? I forget. In the movie, the parody, you had the parody one with uh, Gene Wilder. Who was, well, I guess it was Dr. Frankenstein, right? Yeah. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. That's who that's we have running our country. 
We have Dr. Frankenstein sending Igor to go get the brain, you know, the, the, the normal one, right? But, of course, remember, he, he fumbled the normal one, and so he, he, got, he, went, he got the other one. And when asked, where'd you get this brain when, when Frankenstein came to life, oh, he, what did it say? Whose name was it? Abby. Remember? Abby Normal. Abby Normal. Abnormal. Remember? It was hilarious. That's what we have going on, guys. <clears throat> okay, let's see here. Da, 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 da. The decision came less than two weeks after Ricky L. Jones, professor and chairman of Pan-African Studies at the university, wrote a column calling for the monument to be removed. We don't consider ourselves in Louisville to be part of the South, Fisher said in an interview after the announcement. In the Civil War, Kentucky was a border state. Since it became a state in 1792, residents were allowed to own slaves, and many fought for the South. But the state never joined the Confederacy. Both Fisher and Ramsey's office said they had been working on moving the memorial for several weeks. Whatever motivated the decision, Jones said he is elated the monument will no longer be on campus. Let's see the Confederacy for what it is. Not some lost cause. It was a war about slavery, Jones said. Lie, lie, lie. And that is fundamentally inhumane. And I would agree that slavery is fundamentally inhumane. Who wouldn't? So if that's a part of Kentucky's history, place it in a part of Kentucky where the people still have those beliefs. Whatever. The memorial statues will be held in storage until an appropriate location is selected, the, mayor, the mayor's office said. The monument will be disassembled, and the bronze figures and embellishments will be cleaned and repaired, something that has not been done since the monument was erected in 1895. City officials said the memorial will be replaced with a new traffic lane to improve access to the recently renovated Speed Art Museum. Yeah, see, the Speed Art Museum is where that professor who is uh, the professor of Pan-African Studies teaches and brainwashes our children. Okay, so did you see that kind of sleight of hand? You know, that was kind of sleight of hand. That was, hey, that's great. We need some room, you know, so we can have the the professor of degenerate studies. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, of Pan-African Studies so he can spew his freaking nonsense and poison our children. You got to stop sending your kids to, you know, to, to university. Uh, guys, I mean, you just do. I mean, whatever. What's wrong with the trade school? Go learn how to, you know, tear down a, a you know, a, a tractor or go learn how to, like, a repair a washing machine or something like that. I mean, wh- whatever happened to that? Oh, man. Okay, let's see. It's a part of our history, but I get what people say. Uh, I get... I get what people say they don't agree with it because it re- represents a time when Af- African-Americans weren't oppressed, blah, 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 said Reagan Roy, a senior, blah, blah, blah. And this is a student now saying, I never looked at it twice. Uh, I never looked twice at it, actually. Now that I know everything about it, I, I agree with it being removed. So now that was, uh, that was from a student there, and so he's been, he's been effectively brainwashed. I hear the music. It caught up on me off uh, kind of quick there, guys. I'll see you after the break and enjoy the soothing music. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June, I said that's life. People get their kicks, stomping on a dream. But I don't let it, let it get me down. Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. 
been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out. And I know one thing. Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. That's life. Quitting, baby, but my heart just ain't gonna buy it. And if I didn't think it was worth one single try, I'd jump right on a big bird and then I'd fly. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. I've been up and down and over and out. I'm gonna roll myself up in a big ball and die. My, my. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. 
If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. She kissed me like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black, I hugged her and she hugged back. Like the sailor said, quote, ain't that a hole in the boat? My head keeps spinning, I go to sleep and keep grinning.
You're listening right here in the American Voice Radio Network, and you guys should already know that. So I would just continue on. And yeah, now that was some music. So yeah, I, I've been playing, I think Andrew referred to it as slam music. Well, guys, you know, and I'll comment on this briefly here, uh, further uh, actually on the music. Uh, it's kind of been my general mood lately, you know, uh, you know, when I'm playing that so-called slam music, because it's, it's how I feel. You know, I'm outraged by what is going on. And, and, and a lot of those songs are kind of an illustration of that as well, and kind of an, an outcropping of the whole frustration that, that those people and those bands feel as well. So I thought that it was kind of appropriate to play that music, but, you know, I toned it down a little bit with a little bit of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. So there you go. And, you know, perhaps I'll start to moderate my tone as far as music goes here in the, in the uh, coming weeks. Maybe I'll get back into a little bit more uh, mainstream stuff. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Okay, let us continue on it with uh, what uh, we're talking about this afternoon, and that is, you know, basically let's just consider my show for this afternoon to be just a general call to action. I said it at the beginning. I think I said it a couple of times here in between. You know, everything that I talk about is really a call to action, and or at least a, a call for people to just pay more attention about what our government is doing to us, because you can't do anything, you know, if you're not paying attention. And, you know, you don't get a pass anymore guys we don't get a pass anymore things are bad things are too we need every we need everyone okay and and again and when we take this thing back and i'm confident that if we if we if we if we attack this and we pay attention that we can take this thing back i am confident of that because there are there are more of us out there than there are of them And, and you can look at any you know, you can look at any area out there, and you will find uh, that you know that the percentages are in our favor. You know, we're talking ninety percent of the people out there, more than ninety percent of the people, and in some cases, nearly a hundred percent of the people are not in favor of what's going on. But you wouldn't think that's the case because bad things keep happening. So. It just gets frustrating. You know, I'm at a loss for words, and, you know, I don't want to be a hothead. Uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, there's going to come a day, guys, when you're going to have to walk over to that safe and get your rifle out of the safe. That's the only, that's the only thing that they're going to understand at the end. And don't they see this? Don't they see this? Don't they see this coming? It's unbelievable. Okay, let's just move on to some local stuff. But it's you know, it's it, and again, it's just indicative of to what's going on out there and how we should pay attention. I don't know if you guys know this out here, in, and this is up in Seattle. Uh, the Seattle Supersonics were an NBA team that left, I don't know, years ago. They now play in Oklahoma City. They're now the Oklahoma City Thunder, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's this uh, uh, millionaire. His name is Chris Hansen, and he's a millionaire. And he's from San Francisco, but I think he, or he lives there now, but I don't know, he's from Bellevue or he's from the Seattle area, and he wants to bring the NBA and, and back, and he wants to build this arena. Of course, not with his own money, mind you, okay? Not with his own money, okay? Because, see, these stadiums don't get built with, uh, like, Paul Allen. He owns the Seahawks. He could build freaking, he could build 10 stadiums in all 50 states and still not be broke, okay? But he got Quest Field built, which is now CenturyLink. They keep changing the name, uh, using taxpayer money. You know, and the same thing with Safeco Field, same thing with any baseball stadium, football stadium out there. It's all done with taxpayer money, and it's just absurd. <laughs> I mean, why should taxpayer money be going to fund these stadiums in any way, any way, shape, matter, or form? I don't know, okay? 
And again, if everything were okay, I mean, if we didn't have some real problems out there, if we didn't have anything else to spend this money on, fine. If we had a little bit extra, hey, we'll give you, we'll kick in a couple of shekels for the stadium. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. If I were dictator, though, you would get no money. Hey, you want to build a stadium, Chris Hansen? Knock yourself out. He's already bought some land. Build the stadium, dude. You got the money. Why do you need taxpayer money? Well, hey, why not? <laughs> why not? Okay. Let me, and there's a reason why I'm going to read from this article. It starts off, Seattle Mayor Ed Murray, who, by the way, is a homo, so let's just establish that. He's a degenerate homo, okay? You know what he does when he goes home with his boyfriend. You know what they do in bed. Do we all know what homosexual men do in bed? Do we all know where a homosexual man puts his penis? Do we all know that? Do we all know where he shoves his penis? He shoves it in another man's anus. You understand what that is. That's, our, that's the mayor of Seattle. Sorry, I'm not trying to be vulgar. Seattle Mayor Ed Murray and Seattle Arena investor, well, he's obviously not much of an investor if he's uh, not investing any of his own money. Is he now? Chris Anson called out fans who Wednesday are spouting what he calls hateful and sexist rhetoric. Yeah, see, how far are we in, along into this article? Not even two sentences. Hateful and sexist rhetoric toward the five city council members who voted against vacating Occidental Avenue for this arena. Now, you're not, if you're not familiar with that, there's a street up in Seattle that goes down between, uh, it, it, it's between two major boulevards. It's between, uh, at the time, it, it, let's see, what is it, on one end, it's, I, I can't, First Avenue maybe, and uh, Royal Brom, I forget, doesn't matter. They need, he needs, they need this street, essentially, when they're talking about vacating it, they need to basically like eminent domain the street because the, the arena would essentially, you know, be built in the middle of this little street. And the council voted, uh, the city council uh, just yesterday voted, or it was the day before maybe, against doing, doing so. <clears throat> okay. The full council voted five to four against giving up one block of Occidental Avenue to make way for Hanson's proposed basketball slash hockey arena. The vote put the arena, which still has 18 months left on a memorandum of understanding, in jeopardy. All four male city council members voted yes, and all five female city council members voted no. And that's the, that was the right vote. That was the right vote, by the way, voting no on this, period. Since Seattle's got enormous, enormous problems. The homeless problem in Seattle is unbelievable, guys. You have entire 10 cities. You, I kid you not. You have entire tent cities underneath the freeway up there. And those are real people living in tents, living in squalor. I mean, they got to live somewhere, right? Seattle's got real freaking problems, man. Like I said, you can walk down the street. You can pick any street and just walk down the street up there in Seattle, and it smells like, it smells like a freaking bathroom. It's like an open pit. You got people just crapping right in doorways, just dropping their pants and freaking taking a dump, man. You got people taking a leak. Just out in the open, man. I kid you not. I am not exaggerating. I was backing into one of our stores here about a month ago, and oh, holy, wow. Oh, geez. I mean, you could at least turn around there, dude. Nope. Nope. Big giant beer in one hand and his thing in the other, and he's just freaking urinating right in the parking lot. You know, there you go. So Seattle's got some real freaking issues and some real problems up there, guys, that they don't even need to be discussing this. But anyway, I digress. Uh, let's see here. 
Okay. That has led to a backlash of emails, phone calls, and social media posts by arena supporters against the no votes, including comments that have targeted their gender. While we all are naturally frustrated with the outcome, I know that the vast majority of our passionate and dedicated supporters agree with me that such comments have absolutely no place in our community, said Hansen in a statement. While we may not agree with the council's vote, misogynistic insults, vile comments, and threats are unacceptable and need to stop. We should all show respect for our elected officials and the legislative process, even if we disagree with their decisions. Uh, No, we shouldn't show all due respect for our elected officials. We shouldn't show any respect for our elected officials because they don't show us any amount of respect. In fact, they're completely 100% disrespectful every day of the week towards us. They don't deserve our respect. Respect is earned. So no, they don't deserve our respect. And we we shouldn't have any uh, respect either for the legislative process, period. And then Murray, Ed Murray said Seattle is better than this. Well, no, it's not, because obviously it isn't. They have you as a mayor. Did I mention that he was a homo, uh, Ed Murray? Did I, did I mention what they do? Okay, I was just checking. I don't, I don't want to go back. I was just checking. Did I mention what they do? The disappointment, some blah, 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 is understandable. Yeah, okay. Murray, who is gay, says he's been targeted with homophobic comments in the past and understand it comes with the job of a mayor, but he urged fans to take the higher road, blah, 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 blah. And the point of this, why I'm reading this article is it just falls right back to it, you know, how they got to just come right out with that. You know, they're the first ones. You know, they don't want us to, to mention race. You know, we're not supposed to mention it at all. We're not supposed to mention race or, or gender. You know, we're supposed to completely keep that out of our mindset. Oh, but see, they get to mention it all the time. That's all they do. That's all they do. First black guy this, first woman that, first homosexual this, Right. It's on and on and on. They get to do it every day of the week. They get to promote uh, degeneracy, and they get to promote all that all they want, but you can't. No, no, see, you can't. We can't. But they get to do it. And then they want to chastise us when we do. You know, it's called, it's called calling a spade a spade, man. I mean, they get to do it. Oh, but don't you do it. If you do it, you're a, you're a, a bigot, and you're a racist. Okay, wrong. <laughs> wrong. And see, that's where I'm not going to moderate my tone. It just ain't happening. Not here, not ever. So there you go. I wanted to bring that to your attention. I'm certain that in your area, locally, there are things similar to this happening. I mentioned uh, earlier about the school district up in uh, Issaquah wanting uh, nearly a half a billion dollars in a bond measure you know, to build new schools for who, well, look, and this is the Issaquah School District, and that's a, that is a, a suburb of Seattle. It's east of Seattle along I-90. It's kind of high-end. Uh, you have a lot of uh, tech people that live there. And what I mean by that is you have a lot of Indians that live there. Uh, and not casino Indians, like 7-Eleven-type Indians uh, that live there. You know, I'm just trying to you know, you know, uh, describe or you know, define what kind of Indians I mean. I don't mean the casino ones. I mean, you got all kind of the hajis that's they're just walking around up there. They're in full garb and everything. You know, they're supplanting our culture. They're, 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 they're not here to enhance our culture in any way, shape, matter, or form. That's what is going on in our country, guys. And, and that's what I'll comment about here going towards the end of the show. I'll just, I'll just end my show today, and I hate to have to do this, you know, to what is going on in this nation and how we're being freaking steamrolled. We're being steamrolled by things that are abnormal to just unbelievably abnormal. We're being steamrolled by people, and we're being asked to like it. It's like being fed a you-know-what kind of sandwich. 
you know, and, and we're supposed to like it. You know, and if we don't, oh, you're just a bigot and all this, that, and the other thing. See, because that's the best they can do. You know, when the best you can do is just call somebody a name, that should tell you something. Is that the best you can do is call me a name because I disagree with you. But see, it, it's working, man. It's working because less than 3% of the population out there are getting their freaking merry way with us. How, how's it feel? And should we not be ashamed of ourselves? Anybody that proclaims to be, oh, I don't know, I don't even have, I, I, you know, I'll say Christian because I'm not ashamed to do that. But let's just say you consider yourself to be a good and decent American. Let's just say you go that far. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should really be ashamed of yourself, people, for letting what's going on go on. You should. I mean, what do you think the outcome of this is going to be? You see it every day. Do you think that things are going to, uh, do you think that someday they're not going to come for you just because maybe you didn't disagree with them? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that you can insulate yourself in that way? That, hey, man, I'm, I'm just going to mind my own business over here and they're not, I'm not going to be affected. You, you couldn't be further from the truth with that kind of logic. You just couldn't be. Hey, man, Rome's burning when, and, and you know what? And the fire is escalating and it's spreading. And, you know, fire doesn't discriminate. You know, disease and pestilence and all that, that doesn't discriminate. Excuse me. <clears throat> Hold on. Drink of water. So you can't just sit back, folks. We can't just sit back and continue to allow what's going on go on. How hard is it to pick up the phone? How hard is it to write a letter to the editor? How hard is it to send an email? It's not very hard at all. And now, see, now it's kind of desperation time. And it really is. See, because now we've lollygagged and we've done nothing for far, far, far too long, man. And now it's too late. Now you got to do something. See, now you have to do something. And you better do something, people. You better get off your asses and do something. And I mean each and every freaking one of you need to get off your ass and do something. Say something. Period. And I don't care if you don't like it and that you don't want to. And I don't care if you don't like me telling you that you have to. I don't care. I don't care. I'm tired of people complaining and boo-hoo me and all this is going on and over here and that's going on. Well, then do something about it, you sissy. Do something about it, you lazy piece of garbage, if you think things are bad. Hey, don't tune into my show if you don't like what I have to say either. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. You know, more than 17 of us need to freaking do something about this. I care. And you know what? Apparently, not enough of us care enough to do anything about it. Or the homos wouldn't be ruling the day. The illegal aliens wouldn't be ruling the day. Our politicians wouldn't be steamrolling us day in and day out with things that we don't want. It just wouldn't happen. If we told them no and then made them do it, it just wouldn't happen. But no, I'm too busy watching a baseball game to care about what happens to my country. 
No, I'm too busy, you know, watching television to care about what happens to my country and how my children are being poisoned and how my culture and how my society is being freaking corrupted and poisoned and made unclean by degenerates. No, I'm just too busy over here. You better get with the program, folks, and we better get with the program pretty quick. Hey, look, we're about to have a presidential election, and look, man, there's no hope for any of these freaking morons to save us. We have to save ourselves. We have to save ourselves. Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see, people, what is going on? I can't be the only one, and I know that I'm not, but I can't be the only one that sees what's going on. And I get sick to my stomach, sick to my stomach about what's going on. And I say, dear God, please beam me up if this is how it's going to be. And I, I used to beg people, and I don't really do it anymore. I guess I do on my show. I do have this forum now to do it. And I've also said this, that I don't know how much longer I'll continue to do this. And I know that disappoint some people and i'm going to get the calls of oh jay don't quit and don't be a quitter and all you know you know all this that and the other thing hey man but it's hard it ain't easy i'll keep doing it but again uh i gotta see some i gotta see something man i gotta see something more i gotta see some more positive you know uh results here just a little bit people gotta you know i i I think we all, I think all of us that do this need to see a little bit. We need to see a little bit of proof, okay? We need to see a little bit of evidence that what we're doing is making a difference. I mean, I think anybody, you know, that, is, that does anything, you know, would like to see that. And maybe that's part of my frustration, you know. And, yeah, I want things to happen maybe a little bit too quickly. I, and I agree with that. I've always, and I've been, that's something that, that people have told me, and that I, I tend to agree with, that I do expect too much of people. I'm, I'm a bit, and, I, and I understand that, that I'm a little bit too intense at times. And I'll, okay, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I do kind of understand that, okay? And, you know, but there's always a but, and, and certainly right now it applies, is that, man, there's no time left, guys. We really, we're running out of time, and it may, <laughs> and it may already be too late. Excuse me. We're running out of time. We can turn it around if we just wake up and do something about it. Man, just think, man. Just think. If one more person called their representative, just think if one more person wrote a letter to the editor in, you know, in opposition to all this, it's just pick something. Just pick something if it was just one more person. Just one, and then one more person after that. And, and think how, think of the momentum, it, it, you know, Think of the momentum that, that, that we could have, and, and, and then we would see this thing start to turn around, and we would see this starting to get better. You know, like, okay, we can start with the, uh, the presidential candidates. Not these ones, certainly, because we dropped the ball here, but maybe next time. Maybe next time. And look, there's always going to be another election, right? And there's always an election going on. We need to start picking better candidates and demanding better candidates. You know, we don't have to just accept the Hillary Clintons and the Donald Trumps and the Ted Cruz's. We have to stop it just accepting them. And we have to stop saying, oh, well, you know, they're all bad and blah, this, that, and the other thing. Well, of course they're all bad because we put them there and then we allow them to stay there. It doesn't have to be that way. And I don't want to hear the BS that it's because our elections are rigged. Okay, well, then we need to fix that then too, see? <coughs> Excuse me. 
All right, we're getting towards the end of the show, guys. I apologize if I've been too much of a hothead today and have offended certainly any of my listeners. Uh, that certainly wasn't the, uh, my intent. My intent, <laughs> but my, I did have an intent, and that was to shock people into doing something and to doing something more. So having said all that, I would like to thank each and every one of you, obviously, for listening today. Uh, I thought it was a good show. I hope it was a good show. I, I, hope that the, the, I hope that the information that I provide is helpful and is useful and you guys, uh, you know, take it and, and, and apply it. <clears throat> Otherwise, I mean, what, what am I doing here? But I will be back tomorrow, so please tune in uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. That is tomorrow would be the 5th of uh, May already. And that, isn't that unbelievable, guys, that it's like freaking May already? I mean, this year is just, see, guys? See how the clock ticks? I mean, the clock doesn't stop, man. You know, it just keeps going. And we got to put a stop, guys, to what's going on. So, yeah. Thanks, you know, for listening today. God bless each and every one of you. Please visit my website. You know, you can contact me uh, via my website, conditioncriticalshow.com. Cell phone numbers 253-973-2995. Call me. Send me a message. Send me a text message. Let me know how I'm doing. Tell me I'm doing something wrong, you know. Uh, I may not agree with you, and there's those of you out there that uh, have, uh, you know, experienced that. So, again, thank you all for listening. Guys, see you tomorrow again at 2 p.m. And remember this, folks, two things. Freedom comes from the sword, and be all that you can be. Become a domestic terrorist. See you tomorrow. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
I, this show is called Health Talk, but I don't know. I was thinking of changing it to Conspiracy Talk, because even though I talk about health, it's all a, everything is a big conspiracy between the medical industry and the pharmaceutical industry and the food industry. It's all designed to keep people sick. So the powers to be can keep raking in those little green things with pictures of presidents plastered all over them. But even though I talk about that, it still centers around the health, and there's not a hell of a lot you can do about it. But I want to get into something that I talked about years ago that I just want to bring to light because it's something that each and every one of us has to keep in mind. And most of us are totally unaware of the eugenics programs that were implemented in the 1920s and continued until the 1970s. And even fewer are knowledgeable of the fact that eugenics is still practiced in the United States today. The eugenics, oh Jesus. You know, I, I always forget to put my phone on, hang on. Hello? Hello? Crazy. So anyway, even fewer are knowledgeable of the fact that eugenics is still practiced today. And the eugenics movement is way more subdued than it was 90 years ago. And there's different um, that's just driving me crazy. I'm on the radio. What? I'm on the radio. <laughs> that was a blonde joke. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. She knows I'm always on the radio, but yet she calls. So anyway, so today there's so many different pseudonyms that disguise the practice, but the fact remains that the eugenics movement in the United States is alive and well and taking your tax dollars. So under the guise of reproductive health, the United States has never stopped the government-sanctioned eugenics programs. Over $300 million of taxpayer money goes to family planning programs that are intentionally used to suppress the birth rate in low-income minority families. And abortion proponents like the Guttmacher Institute have focused on this category of citizens which they consider the most at risk for unintended pregnancies and requiring the most amount of government-funded family program, family planning programs. 
Now, although the family planning money is strictly intended for contraceptives, much of it ends up at Planned Parenthood, which is America's number one abortion chain. And it's no secret that Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret Sanger, was a self-proclaimed eugenicist, despite many erroneously believing that those views died with her. You see, she trained under Swiss eugenicists, and she glorified and helped to shape the Nazi view of the world. And it stands as a testament that today, while so many percent, so much percent of Planned Parenthood's facilities are located in low-income minority areas, and nearly 40% of all black babies are killed by abortion, that eugenics is still practiced throughout the country. So suppressing the birth rates of racial minorities is not the only intent of the program. Today, over 90% of children prenatally diagnosed with Down syndrome are aborted. And there were new tests are emerging that allow women to see that their child may be born with Down syndrome, autism, or other neurological disabilities or physical ailments. And these tests are advertised as a way to determine whether a child is suitable for a quality life and whether such a disability would suit his or her parents' lifestyle. Sterilization programs that were practiced in North Carolina in the 1960s were recently in the news, and those programs were meant to keep undesirables which were the blacks, the mentally handicapped, and the low-income women from having children and passing on these undesirable traits. Yet people are appalled that something so immoral could be implemented on a group of people who were their neighbors, their friends, their family, yet they continue to allow Planned Parenthood and other abortion facilities into their neighborhoods and their communities with the main objective to decrease the number of minority and low-income pregnancies and births. Now, okay, so this is pretty bad stuff. But in one thing, and I talked about this so, so many years ago on, on my radio show in Honolulu, in 1969, in March of 1969, Dr. Richard Day, who was the National Medical Director of the Rockefeller-sponsored Planned Parenthood Program and Professor of Pediatrics at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York, he spoke before a group of students and health professionals at the Pittsburgh Pediatric Society. So you have to understand that the Rockefellers instigated the Planned Parenthood program because they were in alliance with Adolf Hitler. Okay, so getting back. So although they was aware of the secret agenda within organized medicine to reduce the world's population, 
he was at that particular time free to speak about it because the closely guarded closed conspiracy was now an open conspiracy saying that everything is in its place and nobody can stop us now. Now, you have to bear in mind that besides the Rockefeller Foundation, other proponents of this conspiracy are Bill Gates, Barack Obama, and Monsanto. This is, I'm not making this stuff up. Um, so let me just tell you what Dr. Day's topics were back in 1969. And I'll give them to you, and maybe you can see how back in 1969 these things are being implemented some 40 years later. Okay, he talked about population control, permission to have babies, redirecting the purpose of sex to have sex without reproduction, but yet reproduction without sex. He talked about contraception universally available to everyone, sex education, and the canalizing of youth as a tool of world government, tax-funded abortion as population control, the encouragement of homosexuality, technology used for reproduction without sex, families to diminish in importance, euthanasia and the demise pill. You remember the movie Soylent Green? Do you remember Edward G. Robinson, who was dying of cancer and went into a room and laid in a bed and had a full screen TV where he could see sunsets and sunrises and waterfalls and all this beautiful stuff because that was gone because it was depicted in New York City in the year 2030 and the world was a mess. And while he was laying there in his bed suffering from cancer, they gave him a demise pill, which allowed him to gradually leave his body while he was viewing all this beautiful scenery on the full screen TV. Then of course, the text of the movie, Soylent Green, was basically all the dead people being fed back to the living people, and it was called Soylent Green. Okay, so getting back to Dr. Day, he talked about limiting access to affordable medical care, making elimination of the elderly easier. Then medicine would be tightly controlled and then the elimination of private doctors and new difficult to diagnose and, and untreatable diseases and suppressing cancer cures as a means of population control. And we see that going on today. Anybody who comes up with cancer cures 
gets raided by the FDA and all that stuff is destroyed, inducing heart attacks as a form of assassination. Education as a tool for accepting the onset of puberty and evolution, blending all religions into one and eliminating the old religions and changing the Bible through revisions of key words, restricting or restructuring education as a tool of indoctrination. More time in schools, but the pupils wouldn't learn anything. Controlling who has access to information, schools becoming the hub of the community, having books disappear from the library, changing laws to promote moral and social chaos, the encouragement of drug abuse to create a jungle atmosphere in cities and towns, promote alcohol abuse, restrictions on travel, the need for more jails and using hospitals as jails, no more psychological or physical security, crime used to manage society, curtailment of the U.S. industrial preeminence, shifting populations and economies, tearing out the social roots, using sports as a tool of social engineering and change, sex and, violate, and violence inculcated through entertainment, travel restrictions and implanted ID cards, Know how people respond, making them do what you want, falsifying scientific research, the use of terrorism, surveillance implants, and televisions that watch you, home ownership as a thing of the past, and the arrival of the totalitarian global system. That's what that guy talked about in March of 1969. And if you look at what's happening today, with the government, with the food choices, with so many other issues, you can see many of Dr. Day's topics slowly but surely coming into play. What does it mean? It means that we can no longer remain complacent and just bend over forward for the powers to be. We have to become vocal. We have to become strong. We have to become assertive. If we do not, we become a puppet on a string controlled by those that want us gone so they can enjoy false enjoyment. I have talked about so many times in the past about identification and about transcending the physical and going beyond the vehicle to see the driver. Now, if we all did that, we wouldn't see black and white and yellow. We would just see those as accessories. What we would do is focus on the driver and realize that the driver, the soul of the body, is a spiritual entity. And all the drivers of all the bodies are simply spiritual entities without accessories to glorify them. 
And if we could relate to one another like that, there would be no racism, there would be no prejudice, and everything would be real hunky-dory. But as time goes by, I'm afraid it's going to get worse. Anyway, that's just a heads up of where it started and who was behind it. And Planned Parenthood was the idea of the Rockefellers and completely supported by Bill Gates because, after all, why should those guys who have all the money have to give up part of their enjoyment for somebody who doesn't have as much as they do? So I was thinking, you know, I did some research the other day about the American Medical Association and why were they reformed and how they got rich and all that stuff. Well, history revealed that the AMA was dictatorially led for the first half of the 20th century by a guy named George Simmons, who was a doctor. And his uh, hooker, Morris Fishbein. Well, Simmons died in 1937, and Fishbein died in 1976. But both these guys served as the general manager of the AMA and as the editor of his journal, the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA. So while these two weirdos provided substantial benefit to the organization and to medical doctors, their methods of doing so have been severely criticized with some historians referring to them as medical Mussolinis. <laughs> I don't know if you remember who Mussolini was, but if you go back about 50 or 60 years, it'll all come, well, even more than 60 years, maybe 80 years, it'll all come into being who Mussolini was. Anyway, so when George Simmons began in 1899, what became a 25-year reign as the head of the AMA, it was nothing more than a weak organization with little money and little respect from the general public. But the advertising revenue from the medical journal was a, a mere 34000 a year. So Simmons came up with the idea to transform the AMA into a big business by granting the AMA's seal of approval to certain drug companies that plays large and frequent ads in the JAMA magazine and its various affiliate publications. So by 1903, the advertising revenue increased up to 89000 By 1909, JAMA was making 150000 a year. In 1900, the AMA only had 8,000 members. By 1910, it had more than 70,000 members. So the substantial increase in advertising revenue and membership was not the result of new effective medical treatments, because there were virtually no medical treatments from that era that were effective enough to be used by doctors today or even a couple of decades ago. So some critics of the AMA called their seal of approval program a form of extortion. Be 
because the AMA did no testing of any product. So when George Abbott, who was the owner of a large drug company, Abbott Biologicals, today known as Abbott Laboratories, did not provide blackmail money to the AMA, and when none of his products were granted AMA approval, Abbott went on the offensive. So he arranged for an investigation of the AMA president that revealed that Simmons had no credible medical credentials, that he worked primarily as an abortion doctor for many years, and that he had sex charges brought by some of his patients, as well as charges of negligence in the deaths of others. So after the meeting, the drugs made by Abbott Laboratory were regularly approved, and the company was not required to place any ads. So Simmons was shrewd enough to have the AMA establish a Council on Medical Education in 1904, and the council's mission was to upgrade medical education, which in itself is a worthy goal. But the formation of the council seemed a good idea to the homeopaths because surveys in JAMA itself had consistently shown that the graduates of the conventional medical schools failed the medical board examinations at almost twice the rate of graduates of homeopathic colleges. So the AMA developed guidelines to give lower ratings to homeopathic colleges. I mean, like for instance, just having the word homeopathic in the name of school had an effect on the rating because the AMA asserted that such schools taught an exclusive dogma So in 1910, the same year that the Flexner report was was published, the AMA published Essentials of an Acceptable Medical College, which basically echoed similar criteria for medical education and a complete disdain for non-conventional medical study. So the AMA's head of the Council on Medical Education traveled with Abraham Flexner as they evaluated medical schools. And then the medical sociologist, Paul Starr, he wrote in his Pulitzer Prize book, the AMA Council became a national accrediting agency for medical schools as an increasing number of states adopted its judgments of unacceptable institutions. So then the guy also said that even though no legislative body ever set up the AMA Council on Medical Education, their decisions came to have the force of law. So with the AMA grading the various medical colleges, it became predictable that the homeopathic colleges, even the large and respected ones, would eventually be forced to stop teaching homeopathy or die. This is how far back this goes. In 1913, Simmons and the AMA went on the offensive 
even more strongly by their establishment of the propaganda department, which was specifically dedicated to attacking any and all unconventional medical treatments and anyone, be an MD or not, who practiced them. And in the same year, Simmons hired Mar Dr. Morris Fishbein as a publicity man for the AMA. Okay, now it's 1924, and Simmons is forced out of the AMA due to so many scandals about him. And he took home all his personal files and burned them. Although the guy was wise enough to have trained his replacement, Fishbein. So Fishbein's specialty was publicity and the media. And he used the media to attack anyone who provided a real or perceived threat to conventional medicine. So besides the severe tax against anyone who practiced unconventional medical treatments, Fishbein and the AMA were also initially extremely antagonistic to the conventional medical doctors who supported prepaid health and insurance. <laughs> so Fishbein was a medical doctor who never practiced medicine. He was an effective advocate for conventional medicine and a vocal critic of unconventional treatment. And after he became head of the AMA, he wrote several books that were critical of medical quackery. He called chiropractic a malignant tumor, and he considered osteopathy and homeopathy cults. And while Fishbein provided benefits to the general public by warning them about some of the medical frauds that existed at that time, he lumped together everything that was not taught in conventional medical schools and considered all such modalities as quackery. So when you consider that the vast majority of medicine practiced in that era was inadvertently tested in dangerous to varying degrees, Fishbein's obsessive fight against certain treatments provided direct benefits to the physicians he was representing. So his frequent and, and heavy attacks on health fraud were broadcast far and wide, most part through his own newspaper column that was syndicated to more than 200 newspapers, as well as a weekly radio program that was heard by millions. So his influence on medicine and medical education was significant, and it's surprising how few medical history books mention his influence or his questionable tactics. Time Magazine referred to him as the nation's most ubiquitous, the most widely maligned, and perhaps the most influential medical. <laughs> you see where all the money goes? You see the conspiracy? So there's also lots of stories about Fishbein's efforts to purchase the rights to various healing treatments, and whenever the owner refused to sell those rights, 
Fishbein would label the treatment as quackery. And if the owner of the treatment or the device was the doctor, the doctor would be attacked by Fishbein in his writings and placed on the AMA's quackery list. And if the owner of the treatment or the device was not a doctor, then it was common for the guy to be arrested for practicing medicine without a license or have the product confiscated by the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, or the FTC, the Federal Treachery Commission. So although Fishbein denied those allegations, he and the AMA were tried and convicted of antitrust violations for conspiracy and restraint of trade in 1937. Plus, the guy wrote these, these consumer health guides, and his choice of inclusion for what works or what didn't work was not based on scientific evidence. So what Fishbein did was he extended Simmons' idea for the AMA seal of approval to foods. And by including a significant amount of advertising from food and tobacco companies, he was able to make the AMA and himself extremely rich. Under his reign, the tobacco companies became the largest advertiser in JAMA and in various total local medical society publications. And he was instrumental in helping the tobacco companies conduct acceptable scientific testing to substantiate their claims. And some of the ad claims that Fishbein approved for inclusion in JAMA were not a cough in a carload, that was for old gold cigarettes, not one single case of throat irritation due to smoking camels, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette, just what the doctor orders, that was for L&M cigarettes, and for digestion's sake, smoke chemical, smoke camels, because the magical camel cigarettes would stimulate the flow of digestive fluids. <laughs> so by 1950, the AMA's advertising revenue exceeded $9 million thanks in part to the tobacco company, okay? And coincidentally, shortly after Fishbein was forced out of his position in the AMA in 1950, JAMA published research results for the first time about the harmfulness of tobacco. Then there was a medical student, his name was Ernest Winder, and a surgeon named Everett Graham of Washington University in St. Louis that found that 96.5% of lung cancer patients in their hospitals had been smokers. And very shortly after the AMA withdrew its seal of approval for fish buying, he became a very high-paid consultant to one of the large tobacco companies. This is how the AMA got started. This is how the AMA corrupted everything. I remember back in the 80s, I got licensed as 
a massage therapist. And I was really good. And I could have chiropractors refer their patients to massage therapists that would be paid via medical insurance. What happened at that point was the FDA and the medical community waged war against the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, the massage therapists, and changed it all around so that the only people that could refer massage or acupuncture were the physicians, not the chiropractors. That was back in the late 80s, and I can remember so many chiropractors in Hawaii just picking up and bailing, man, because the conspiracy of healing people without prescription drugs or surgery was a no-no for making money. And this is what we're up against. We have polluted foods. We have medical situations that don't work. And yet, you go to a chiropractor, it's not covered by insurance. Maybe now it is. You go for acupuncture, that's not covered by insurance. Maybe some are starting to reintroduce that. And you've got treatments that make millions but create injuries and death. The cancer industry is now admitting that chemotherapy and radiation treatments generate huge repeat business and repeat profits. And there's second cancers, second cancers are on the rise in the, in, in the U.S. according to a new study that found that one in five new cases involves someone who's had cancer before. And the study also found that the second cancers which don't include reoccurring cancers, but are a completely new type of cancer, have increased 300% since the 70s. And first-time cancers have also spiked, increasing 70% in the same time frame. So the Western world of medicine is sticking with the usual explanation, or rather lack thereof, claiming that they are unaware of the reason for the surge, but pointing to the fact that people are living no longer and therefore more at risk for the disease. But living into your 80s and 90s shouldn't guarantee that you'll get cancer. And while genetics are a factor, other influences like your environment the food you eat, the water you drink, the air you breathe, the vaccines you inject, and even the kind of medical treatment you can receive will contribute much more than your age when it comes to determining your risk for cancer. 
So the research that's coming out continues to show that pesticides, heavy metals, and hormones mimicking things like BPA and BPS, as well as other environmental contaminants, greatly influence the risk of developing cancer. And for those who are unfortunate enough to receive a second cancer diagnosis, the treatment you receive for your first cancer may be the cause of the second. There was a document put out by the American Cancer Society called Second Cancers in Adults that admitted that second cancers could be caused by cancer treatment. And they said that radiation therapy was recognized as a potential cause of cancer many years ago. And the American Cancer Society also admits that most types of leukemia can all be caused by radiation. So the cancers caused by radiation therapy develop within a few years after being irradiated with the disease peaking at five to nine years following this, the exposure. And with chemotherapy, the chemotherapy drugs have been linked to different kinds of second cancers. I mean, that's just, it's, it's, and all, everything is linked to the cancer drugs. So to put it into perspective, every year 13,000 people are diagnosed with NDS. NDS is myelodysplastic syndrome, whatever. However you pronounce it, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a shitty form of cancer. And aside from radiation and chemotherapy, other causes include the toxins that are present in tobacco smoke and the high levels of industrial-type chemicals like benzene, which is a carcinogenic petrochemical that's used in plastics and synthetic fibers and rubber lubricants and resins and dyes and detergents and drugs and pesticides. And nearly 20,000 people are diagnosed with AML. AML is acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Every year, every year, with more than half of those cases ending in death and approximately 6,000 people diagnosed with it every year. That means that at least 40,000 cancer occurrences is directly attributed to cancer drugs. So determining how many people died from cancer drugs is difficult as most of the deaths are recorded as being from cancer, not from the treatment. So you have to remember that the cancer industry is one of the world's most lucrative businesses generating $100 billion a year. And they're climbing. And those profits will increase at about 8% every year as more and more Americans will be diagnosed and treated for cancer. So what is the solution? Is there a solution? Or is this something that we just have to live with? No. 
You have to understand the nature of a body. If you look at, you do your own research. I'm just going to point it out to you, but you're not going to listen because your tongue overrides your intelligence. So here's the deal. If you check out all the carnivorous animals, all the ones that eat other animals, you will notice that they have a digestive tract that's a straight line. So when they clump a whole mess of flesh, it goes in and comes right out, not a problem. If you check the herbivorous, that's the plant-based animals, you will find that they have a convoluted switchback road. That's what it looks like. So in this switchback road, the thing that passes easily is plant-based foods. But when you eat anything that had a face or a mother, basically you're eating a muscle of a creature. So next time you do that, after you suck out all the flavor of that first bite that you took, see how long it takes you to chew that before that rubber tire breaks down and merges with your saliva. You could chew that sucker all day and it would still be in your mouth because you cannot break down a muscle. So what happens is plant-based foods, okay, so the human form is herbivorous, even though they don't want you to know that because then they would, make a, they would lose a lot of money because the animals don't have jobs and they don't make money and they don't buy products. But the humans do, and they want your money. They don't want your health. They want your money. <clears throat> Plant-based foods leave the body in two to four days. That means that it takes a couple of days to... You see, when, when you chew plant-based foods, it mixes with your saliva, and basically you're drinking it. All those nutrients and the proteins and the vitamins and the minerals and the antioxidants and the amino acids and the, um, it's, it's amazing. You're drinking it. Well, flesh-based foods leave the body in four to seven days. So if you're having bacon and eggs for breakfast, you're having a hamburger for lunch and you get home and you have a nice steak dinner or lamb chops or chicken dinner or whatever, big piece of fish or whatever. Okay. That's three squares a day. Your digestive tract is loaded with these things that don't pass out for at least four days. Now, we all know that meat is loaded with bovine growth hormones, antibiotics to keep them well, GMOs, which is the feed they give them, the dead and the remains of the dead, dying, diseased, and decaying animals that they feed back to the living animals so they don't have to spend money getting rid of them and stuff. Okay, that's your, that's your major flesh, your meats and everything. When you get into chicken, chicken is so filthy that the USDA says 
it's okay to be sold if you can't see the doo-doo through the clear wrap. They also say that when you prepare chicken in your home, whatever surfaces the chicken has touched should be boiled afterwards to purify it. Who tells, no one ever is going to tell you that. And then fish, you know the, the oceans are polluted. You know that the mercury levels are high. You know that the PCBs are there. You know that all the toxic waste are being dumped in the rivers which go in the ocean. Why in the world would you want to eat any of that stuff? The only reason is because your tongue has overridden your intelligence. Now, it's, it's something, it's called conditioning. When you're a little kid and you first start eating food, your parents are giving you food. If your parents are locked into anything that had a face in the mother, that's what you're being fed and that's what you become used to. And then you start gravitating as you get older, you eat the same thing Maybe you have some side order of peas and carrots or a little bit of broccoli or a, one little clump of cauliflower or whatever, but your main portion is anything that had a face for a mother. It's not your fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's conditioning. But if you understand that you are supposed to be a plant-based creature, and not a flesh-based creature, you have a choice to make. You see, the human form is the only form that makes a choice. So how do you override your tongue? How does the intelligence override the tongue? It's not easy. It's really not easy because it's going to take time, and you're going to miss that, that taste of flesh and blood. Let me tell you a story. I went on the radio in Honolulu, 1981. My first show was, There is a Cure for Arthritis. And I did that show, and it lasted about four hours. So it's for one hour a week. It lasts about four weeks. About three years after I did that show, I was in a local bank in Honolulu, and a friend of mine is in line at the teller, and he sees me walk in the bank, and he goes, Hesh, how's it? And he gives me a shock aside. Well, then this oriental woman, very spry, older, very fit, walks up to me, and she says, excuse me, sir, are you the Mr. Hesh that is on the radio. And me being a dick, I just said, nah, it's not Mr. It's just plain Hesh. And she puts her arms around me in the bank. She starts crying and she says, I owe you my life. Now everything in the bank has stopped. Everybody is looking at this scene that's going on in the, in the, in the lobby of the bank. And she tells me that she heard that radio show I did in 1981 about the secure arthritis. She has very, very, very severe osteoarthritis. She weighed about 210 pounds, and she could only walk with a walker. 
She could not walk out of her house because she could not walk up and down the stairs. And at night when she went to sleep, she had to take a hot shower or a hot bath and soak in it so the heat would take away the pain so she could sleep at night. The woman lived in a valley. I know the valley that she lived in is called Palolo Valley. And what, what you have is you have a main road that goes around an area, and then you have off, offshoots. And on the offshoots, maybe you have three and four houses on each side. So in order to get up to the main road, you have to drive up the offshoot road and then go where you have to go. She said, like I said, she couldn't even walk out of the house. In six months, she lost about 100 pounds. She told me she went on a vegan diet. In six months, she lost about 100 pounds. She didn't have to use her walker anymore, and she could take long walks around the valley. In other words, out her house, down the steps, up that offshoot road, and then around the main road. Her husband, who suffered from heart disease, saw what happened to his wife and said, I'm going to try this. Three weeks, no more heart disease, blood pressure back to normal, blood flow not inhibited in any way. This is just tip of the iceberg. I mean, it, it, it just heals Flesh-based foods will heal everything. If you're constipated, it clears that up in a heartbeat. You don't have to take whatever drugs they're selling you to make it easier to go to the bathroom. But your tongue is waging a war against your intelligence because your tongue has become accustomed to flesh and blood passing through it. But if you try to make that change and you do it consistently in a matter of a week, maybe, you will adapt to the new foods that you're eating and you will find a decrease in weight. You will find your elimination is a lot easier and you don't have to squint and strain to get that little clump, that little thing out. And your doo-doos will be big. All of a sudden, your joint, your joints will be more supple. It, it, it's it's the way it's supposed to be. Whether you can do it, whether you can't do it, that's that's on you. My book, A Sane Diet for an Insane World, explains all this, how easy it is, and why you need to do that. Because the only people that push the flesh-based diet are the medical community, the pharmaceutical industry, and the big food companies. The big food companies push it because they want to make money. The medical community and the pharmaceutical industry is in alliance with that because when you eat that type of food, you get sick. And that's where they come into play. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, give me a break, man. But it's all about money. It's not about your health. 
if you are healthy, imagine I go into a supermarket, I go into a health food store, I buy organic produce. I come home, I make my food. I don't buy a lot, I make enough that I can eat for one or two days, then I go buy more. Why? Because if I keep it in the refrigerator, it's gonna rot. Then I gotta throw it away, so I've thrown money away. Why not let it rot in the grocery store? Let them worry about it. I don't wanna worry about it, let them worry about it. I just wanna make my food fresh every day. You buy processed foods. There was a story I just read. A woman went to McDonald's. She bought a Big Mac, an order of French fries, and chicken McNuggets. She put them in a bag. She closed the bag, and she took them in her office, and she left them on her desk for six months. She never opened the bag. In six months, she opened the bag. The Big Mac, the French fries, and the chicken McNuggets looked exactly as they did when she first bought them. How come they didn't rot? How come they didn't smell? How come they didn't corrode? How come they didn't get moldy? Chemicals. And this is what you put into your body every day. Your body does not need chemicals to survive. Your body needs ample protein, vitamins, and minerals to survive. We talk about protein. Oh, where do you get your protein from? Plants have protein. Exactly the same protein as flesh foods, only it's a lot cleaner because it's not contaminated with antibiotics and growth hormones and toxic waste and GMOs, and pesticides. You understand? This is the key to health. This is why I started doing my radio show back in the 80s. People don't get this information anywhere. The government's not going to tell you. The newspapers are not going to tell you. Go, go into your local newspaper and see where most of the advertising is from. They're all from the restaurants that sell flesh foods, or they're from the pharmaceutical companies. And if you write a letter to the editor and you talk about a plant-based diet, they don't print it, they don't print. I have written so many letters about different frauds, the rail fraud and how bad vaccines are and how bad the food, they, don't, they won't print it. And in Hawaii, for example, the morning news shows interview local authors. So I sent a copy of my book, The Same Diet for an Insane World, to the four TV stations. I don't hear back from anyone. So I called them and I said, hey, I sent you my book about a month or two ago, A Same Diet for an Insane World. Is there anything we can do? Can, can I get interviewed? And With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.